Badlands. Explain those Badlands. That's a hell of a name. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Are you ready? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to That's a nickname in its own way, but we came up with a new word for a new couple of words for corn. Shadelay, Shadelay to all the frogs out there. See everybody trickling in here. Love it. It's Thursday. I'm having the time of my life. And how are you doing tonight, my friend? I mean, is anybody else having more fun than we are? I don't think so. By the way, shout out to the rest of the Badlands Media crew. You guys are all killing it. But um, we've got a killer intro song, you know, and we're having fun. And we're pumping. I got I to gotta be honest, this show is a little bit more fun to do it when you're in kind of the bowl a little bit. 
and you kind of get to throw out those I told you so's and then you start getting the random texts from your <laughs> friends and your family and you're like what's going on with this so um yeah we're entering a very magical time just a couple of weeks before the having and so things are gonna get spicy Sean I'm here for it baby let's go Most definitely yeah the whole entire reality is going to change in less than 65 days uh it's going to be an entirely different uh just era uh, i don't even know what to describe it language just falls short in this respect because we've never ever had a commodity something that's that's money uh that's going to be harder than gold so it's gonna be fun the fabric of their time machine has just <laughs> been ripped to shreds so Ooh. the clock is ticking but hey guys um do me a favor real quick if you guys could go down hit the like button leave us a little shade of comment let us know you like the content we're producing it helps us it helps get to the, us to the leaderboard also um if you guys want to be a badlander go to badlandsmedia.tv go ahead and click up the links to become a badlander you guys can um clip out links from the shows if you guys tag us in like a clip from here we'll be sure to retweet it give you some props um, but no, you know, and so let's, let's go ahead. I, you know, I tweeted something earlier this week and said, you know, at some point you no longer need to be humble, right? Like there's a little bit of, um, fun antagonizing people, trolling people. But I was thinking about this the other day and I was kind of like, you know, it's so weird because I see Bitcoiners that I know were former liberals, right? Like hardcore, like, you know, women's March liberals. And they're kind of becoming like conservative bros through the orange pills, Right. But the conservative bros are still refusing to become Bitcoiners. And it's just like this weird kind of, you know, time warp. And I'm like, what? What's the hang up, man? They're just so, you know, um, you know, in 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 love with this fairy tale of fiat dollars because it's so intertwined with our patriotism that I think it um it's becoming a little bit harder for people to see that. So I don't know. It's it's interesting to see. Um but so far, I think the liberals are, are winning to some degree. I think they've got the edge, unfortunately. We don't, you know, whatever. But this Great Awakening, like we said, was never really about politics to that degree. And so it's kind of just got this fair, equal, open opportunity for any. Like nobody let the cat out of the bag, right? Like Trump's here pushing shit coins. And, you know, he's not talking about Bitcoin. He's he's, he's in the background. Uh, no, the military has really let it out of the bag, right? There's not seeing General Flynn. I mean, he gave us some hints, but... Um, they gave Larry gotta be, a gag like, order. Yeah, Larry got the gag order. <laughs> talk about <laughs> talk about some of that later. Um, but, well, no, but just like with software, right? I mean, so they didn't really bring us Bitcoin. Yeah, and yeah, well, no, they didn't, right? Like Jason brought it out, and then he got he got shut up by the DOD Patriot, and we wish him well. Hopefully. Um, He'll be back on Twitter. I think he there was some issues there. I hope so. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I think we should maybe um, get into it real quick, guys. Um, we will be at Nashville this year, July 25th through the 27th. Use code PEPE for a discount. All right. Also, if you guys would like to find the easiest, cheapest way to buy Bitcoin, check out River, partner.river.com slash Oplin. Get an account today. They are the company that provided the entire liquidity pool for the country of El Salvador. And um, yeah, let's hit the sponsors and then we'll uh, we'll dig in. Yeah, I was thinking about what you were saying a little bit earlier. And uh, one thing I'll say real quick before we hit the sponsors is that I see that the Bitcoiners 
with Satoshi being entirely anonymous, they have been very much trained in a better fashion to critically think outside of the box for themselves and come up with like those independent decisions. Whereas while Q was anonymous, Q plus was not. And yeah. so the uh, orange pill is a little harder on the other side when you have that like God King form, you know, that we talked about with Burning Bright to, to look at um, whether or not you see him as that. So yeah, uh, let's shade lay with the sponsors um, and then we'll get into the main event. I'm excited for tonight. To celebrate the new year, we're having the biggest sale ever on overstock clearance and brand new products. For example, save 60% on our Goose Down comforters, the best comforters ever. They go perfectly with our MyPillow bed sheets and duvet covers. Save 25% on our brand new kitchen towels. They're made with the same technology as our famous My Towels. Our initial quantities are extremely low, so get them now before they go. Our seasonal flannel sheets are finally in. You save up to 50% and they sell out fast every year, so order now. They're truly the best flannel sheets you'll ever sleep on. Or save up to 80% on all our clearance items. And this is where it gets even better. For a limited time, your entire order ships absolutely free. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use that promo code to get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. And for a limited time, your order ships absolutely free. Life is unpredictable, and the next medical crisis could be just around the corner. The wellness company knows that being prepared doesn't have to break the bank. The wellness company's medical emergency kit is your all-in-one solution featuring essential medications like ivermectin, emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and more. The kit comes with a guidebook to ensure you use them effectively and a case to bring them with you anywhere you might travel. Rest easy knowing you're in the hands of medical professionals you can trust, including Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Reich, and Dr. Drew Pinsky. Ready to protect your family without breaking the bank? Visit badlandsmedia.tv forward slash TWC and use promo code BADLANDS for an exclusive 10% discount. Quality, affordability, and peace of mind. That's the wellness company promise. That's badlandsmedia.tv forward slash TWC, promo code BADLANDS. All right, we are back to, oops, <laughs> what was that? Oh, I just, I wanted to try that because the comments are popping up in StreamYard oh, cool. finally. And so, yeah, you can... Uh, pull up, you know, Shade Patrick Manuel 62 says Shade Lay, Pip and G. <laughs> Shade so Lay. Cool. I like that. I like that. All right. So let's get into the Dasting Dig of the Week. This week, we have this Wonder Boy. Um, I don't know. He's kind of like the Doogie Hauser of the, like, you know, Anon movement. He's like the young kid that's just in here with, like, the brains of, like, you know, some smart, smart dude. And so we love having him as part of. Uh, the Badlands Media. And so if you guys are not following this gentleman, go check out Ghost of Based Patrick Henry. And let's throw him on. Yo, Ghost. What up, man? What's up, guys? Hey, Shade Lay. Shade Lay. What's up, boys? Shade Lay. Shade Lay. Uh, it's good to have you on the program finally, brother. And um, yes. Yeah, I, I wasn't really familiar with you before. And you just kind of came up, shot up like a rock star. And I'm like, holy crap, this kid like is really smart. And so, um, Caught onto that signal right away. And, you know, tonight we're going to be talking about Saudi Arabia. Like, you're, that's kind of like your specialty. I kind of, you know, we all kind of all have like our specialties. Mm -hmm. And yours is very unique because it's such a important piece of this entire thing. But it's kind of like hidden. It's kind of like in the background. People forget. People have short memories. Um, 
But since you're kind of becoming a Bitcoiner, right? Not full yep. like toxic maximalist yet. Yes. Why don't we start off with like a basic question of like maybe who do you think Satoshi Nakamoto is? Oh my gosh, man, that's such a that's such a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's that's. Uh, I mean, the military, like the NSA, I kind of like those ideas. I've heard I've heard you talk about that before. Um, the fact that he doesn't have an identity doesn't really like worry me. Like I know some people kind of freak out about that, but uh, I kind of like the anonymity. I mean, it would it would if he was highlighted as for a celebrity and became like a celebrity that would almost kind of give me pause you know? yeah yeah 100%. So, yeah but i mean dude yeah I, I more and more and as as you said in the intro it just seems like bitcoin is uh is is really really hitting its stride now which is great to see because um i've been watching it for a long time and i mean you and i talked recently and it's yeah. like yes i'm like i'm 100 um in on the idea that bitcoin is probably the future and compared to all the other options out there, it seems like in terms of like the crypto space, it seems like the one like the one that I think separates itself from the rest. Um, and I say that as somebody who doesn't fully understand the technology, but I understand that the technology is sound and the fundamentals of how it's, they seem to work. Um, and it seems very promising. And I saw I think it was you who posted earlier about the like laughing at the people who were saying that uh, like the cartels like Bitcoin because it's a great it's a great currency to use to like buy black market stuff. And right. like, that's the opposite of what, how Bitcoin <laughs> is in a function, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, it's a public transparent ledger that's got off ramps. And so eventually, you know, you're going to get caught. So not a yeah. smart thing if you're going to traffic babies. They like to call it the baby trafficking coin, the BTC. But we like to troll them too. <laughs> and uh, we like to troll everybody. But uh, that's what I love about y'all, by the way. I feel like y'all are like the pole of Badlands, which is why I was so excited to come on here. And by the way, um, I rug pulled G last week because I was supposed to come on last week, but then I had stuff with my kids. Oh, right. So I rug pulled G before I even showed up on rug pull radio. Just I got back, the rug, man. You know, you always get the rug you deserve, funny enough. You always get the rug you deserve. <laughs> well, good job. Yeah, it's very hard to rug pull G. And uh, we're all we're all go with this one afterwards. We usually ask a follow-up question as we kind of warm up the interview. Um, tell our audience just a little bit about you. So uh, some of the rug pull radio folks may not have heard of uh, the ghost of base back Patrick Henry. And so kind of maybe where'd you come from in the Anon movement, real high level. And then, you know, if there's anything else you want to expand on relative to Bitcoin or your journey there, uh, please do. For sure. Um, I got red pilled, I think 2012, uh, working at a cabinet shop, like drawing cabinets. Um, the other guy who was the draftsman was like into Infowars and Alex Jones, although he was like, I don't love like the way Alex Jones operates itself, but he's the only person who talks about this stuff. So check out these documentaries, check out this. And yeah, and like I, I had the history background. So the history that he talked about in some of the, those documentaries kind of like opened my mind. Um, and then that led me down rabbit holes. Um, I went to grad school after that for architecture. So I kind of like took like a year or two off from like just digging and stuff for the most part. Um, and then Trump came on the scene like 2004. I mean, 2012, they were talking about Trump running for president. And I was like, yes, please run. And then he didn't. Um, and then when he came out in 2015 and said he was running, I was all in. And basically, yeah, it was just like an anon, just like anonymous tracking stuff. Um, the MBS thing, I really got into that uh, because um, the sword dance happened on my birthday, May 20th, mm -hmm. the week that I was getting married in 2017. And we got married in the uh, Dominican Republic. And y'all met my wife at GART. But um, so I was sitting on the beach in like the Dominican Republic the week of my wedding, 
like reading about the sword dance and i was just like sitting there fist pumping like this is before q but i was just like yes this is a huge proof trump just spent two years railing like railing against islam and now he's making peace with like the islamic leaders this is a huge proof that like trump is exactly who he promised to be um and so from that moment that was like a personal sentimental connection um and then on top of that my, my brother was killed in the boating accident like like two months after my wedding um and that uh, like started this whole like five-year process of uh um like fighting not only the dude who killed him who's his buddy who like lied about it um but also uh the prosecutor who um was colluding or we believe was colluding with the guy um and so basically it was like they did a plea deal just like hunter biden's plea deal that got rejected i was laughing so hard when that happened because that, that's exactly what happened in our case where the two sides agreed to this bullshit plea deal where the guy like was wasn't even uh, gonna go to prison and um and then the judge was like hell no i'm not like accepting this there's no way i'm accepting this and, like threw it out um it was awesome and then you know dedicated because at that point i was following cube i've been following q since like the beginning and so I just like dedicated, this was 2019. I just dedicated all my energy to researching this guy, digging this guy, found out the, the prosecutor had a criminal past, exposed all that to like the locals. And then basically like the locals just revolted against this dude. And um, they actually were able to like crush him. He got like 14% of the vote. Um, and that was all he cared about. He told my family straight up. He was like, all I care about is getting reelected. I don't care about your brother. I don't care about the guy who killed him. I don't care about any of this shit. I'm going to do this because I need to get reelected. And he didn't tell us this part, but I found out later it was because he needed a fifth year in office in order to get his pension, a six figure pension. Um, so I said, okay, I'm going to make sure you don't get that pension and I'm going to destroy your reputation, your life basically. And that's what happened. He lost his law license. He lost his ability wow. to make income. He, I mean, Amazing. it was, yeah. So, so that got me like in the mindset and then, uh, um a friend got me like kind of streaming last year talking just talking about like history stuff like history stuff and in the news and that got me comfortable and then i sent we did like a show about saudi arabia and about uh um the history there and i sent that to john and then like a month later he finally like responded back and was like oh this is pretty cool like let's talk and then i started writing writing for the Substack back in like may and uh yeah the rest is history so Awesome. And any any crypto journey you want to give us? Any, did you get did you get any rug pulls? Everyone's got a little crypto journey. Do you have any shit coinery in your past? Any? Uh, no, anything? no. Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, I was always a little like hesitant just about the whole thing, just because um, I had actually I've been burned on um, just like some pump and dumps, just like you know, just like small investment stuff where it's like you. Yeah like you read about like a good technology like oh the technology in this little biotech is like this is great technology but all those biotech stocks are like manip like super manipulated you know and so like i saw that that happened a few times and i was just like man fuck this like this is this is uh <laughs> this it, all this is pump and dumps they're all pump and dumps and so like i, I just didn't trust anything because it's like if i put my money here i'm just it's in, I'm, I'm gonna get rugged and yeah. i got rugged a few times on these like bullshit biotech um um companies and that just kind of turned me off to like those, like not get rich quick stuff, but just like, oh, I believe in this. That's not enough. It's not enough to believe in something. It's like, yeah, because prove. you got people out there who are manipulating. Exactly. Well, Don't we're going to do our best to turn you into a toxic psychopath, Bitcoin maximalist. Love it. Welcome to your journey. But it's funny. I just found this quote and I thought it was very relevant because you are 
the Patrick Henry, and it says, the liberties of a people never were nor ever will be secure when the transactions of their <laughs> rulers may be concealed from them. And That's so we talk about so yeah. we talk about this open ledger and people goes, well, you know, it's it's they're going to be able to figure out who you are and who the transactions are. Well, I mean, not really. Um, but uh, to some degree, yes. But also like it exposes it'll expose their system, you know, of, of accounting mm -hmm. and finance, because we never get to see the books really on what they're doing. Right. Has anybody ever seen the Federal Reserve's books? No. Right. It's all hidden. It's never been audited. But anyways, we're going to get into Saudi Arabia because we don't have a ton of time and we want to get into this. And yeah. so I wanted to start at like 1971, but maybe mm -hmm. do you want to give us any historical stuff before? I mean, I know there's a ton of historical stuff, but maybe like a yeah. real quick synopsis, because I think 1971 is kind of like where where the system really starts to break down. But sure. if you want to give us an overview, like 40,000 foot view of just everything before the lead up to 1971, yeah. um, maybe give us that and then I'll, I'll kind of mm -hmm. go into why 1971 is important. For sure. Um, yeah. I um, the, the good news is I can keep this really short because we actually did the petrodollar on breaking history yesterday in anticipation of oh, me being on the show. Oh, so nice. anyone who wants to do like an hour and a half, hour, 40 minutes, did, like dive on this. Go watch Breaking History, the most recent episode on Badlands from yesterday. Um, but basically, it, it all has to do with like the Suez Canal. The Suez Canal, um, which was built by Britain in 1869 is when they completed it. Um, and... Um, Egypt had a shares in this in the canal, but like they were being manipulated, they were being uh, rugged by the British oligarchs. And in, six years after they finished, 1875, they go bankrupt, and the and the British oligarchs buy all their shares and effectively own the Suez Canal. And then ten years later, uh, um, England invades um, Egypt and by like using military force actually seizes control of the Suez Canal and and controls it from there from henceforth. And then that leads to many things happening, including World War One, the Ottoman Empire. It all feeds into that. Um, they convinced the Arabians to um, the Arabs to rise up against the Ottoman Empire and fight them in exchange for getting their sovereignty, um, which they then rugged them after World War One and said, nope, you're not getting your sovereignty. We are actually going to carve up the Middle East. All the lines in the Middle East were drawn by the British and the French after World War One. Um, and it was all about oil. It was all about pumping the oil out of Iraq running it through Jordan, running it through Syria. Uh, the French would control Syria. The British would control Iraq and Palestine. Um, Jordan would would go to the Arabs. But if you look at the shape of Jordan, the, the reason it's so goofy is because they were running pipelines <laughs> into Palestine. And then, of course, when they created Israel, which the Arabs knew they were going to do, the, the uh, Jordanians, the Hashemites who controlled Jordan just cut those lines and said, nope, we're not going to run, run them anymore. And um, the whole reason that that the British brought the French in, which they didn't need to do, was because they wanted to keep Russia out. It was all about Russia. This whole thing with Russia goes back centuries. Wow. And so um, Nasser comes to power in the 50s. He seizes control. He he nationalizes, um, which is like a dirty word. If you're like, oh, communism, but it wasn't that. He nationalized, nationalizes the canal, which leads to Israel with Brit British military and French military backing, invading Sinai um taking control uh, um of the canal again and basically israel for a while like occupied sinai uh this is, and then you have the uh the war uh or the six-day war in uh, 1967 yep, yep. um w which created the conditions that we're dealing with right now 
um, with Palestine and what they're talking about is restoring the pre six day war conditions, um, like in the two state peace deal that, that Saudi's been working on for since 1982. Um, and, and then you have 1971 is when Nixon, um, does, uh, eliminates temporarily eliminates the Bretton Woods system. Always temporarily, right? Temporarily. Always just temporarily. Yep. And and the key and the key there is that what they what they were doing. So uh Charles Dugall, the Bretton Woods system, which was set up at the end of World War II, was like, all right, US Yeah, you know what? Let's let's pause yeah. there real quick. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Let's let's listen to Mr. Nixon with right, his sure. statement real quick and reflect. In recent weeks, the speculators have been waging an all-out war on the American dollar. The strength of a nation's currency is based on the strength of that nation's economy. And the American economy is by far the strongest in the world. Accordingly, I have directed the Secretary of the Treasury to take the action necessary to defend the dollar against the speculators. I have directed Secretary Connolly to suspend temporarily the convertibility of the dollar into gold or other reserve assets except in amounts and conditions determined to be in the interest of monetary stability and in the best interest of the United States. Boom, right? So he yeah. does that. He freezes the convertibility to commodities, gold primarily, yeah. um, which happens in 1971, right? Which he says is temporary. Yep. <laughs> and, 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 you know, Nixon, he might have been getting messed with a little bit. Uh, uh, 100%. Like, you think? <laughs> Well, he, he may have been acting in earnest, like actually trying to like save America, but he was being manipulated. And basically what happened was the uh, after World War II, you had the world was in shambles. The United States was the only one with stability. So they said, look, we will be the world's reverse, uh, re reserve currency. We have gold backing our dollar. So just trade in U.S. dollars and you'll be good. And that worked for a little while. But then in the 60s, that started to go south. So then Charles de Gaulle, the president of France in 1968, comes to America and says, all right, we want our gold. Like, give it. Like, we're gonna exchange all the dollars and the petrodollar. By the way, I, I learned this preparing for the show yesterday. In the '40s, the at the end of the '40s, um, you had so many U.S. dollars in circulation that they were sitting on the sidelines in these foreign countries. They had too many dollars; they couldn't spend them all. And so, what was happening is you had deflation because these dollars were not in circulation anymore, which was increasing the purchasing power of the American family. Um, and so people were calling that the petrodollar. They were saying these dollars that can't be spent because they can't buy the gold, uh, the oil fast enough. Um, these are petrodollars. So I think what happened is that when he detaches the gold standard in 71 and then in 73 sends Kissinger over there to negotiate the peace, uh, the uh, the deal after the Yom Kippur War and the oil embargo. I think Kissinger inverted that and was like, all right, we're the petrodollar. Y'all like that? We're going to call it the petrodollar. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's the reason he did it is because he said, look, everyone's now coming and asking for the gold. We we, don't, we only have like three and a half billion in gold and we have 14 billion um, in U.S. dollars. Imagine that in 1971, 14 billion. That's it. And yeah, we, we literally defaulted like that's a default, right? Yeah. Quasi default. Mm -hmm. Yep. They wanted the gold. We didn't have it. And we printed way too much freaking money. Um, and so it's funny because I'm wondering now, I don't even know, but like, was that move a move like as a patriot or was it move as with the with the bad actors? You know, it's kind of it, I can see it both sides almost to some degree because we almost had to detach from the gold at some point if we were ever going to move into this debt spiral that's going to mm -hmm. happen no matter. Right. If they would have just inflated the um or you know, reapportioned the gold price or whatever, that probably 
um, would have extended this gold back system. And so it almost seems like he accelerated the downfall of the dollar. Like the dollar has been in free fall for 50 years now. And yeah. we're kind of at that super hyper acceleration point now. But, you know, Nixon was removed from office, one of the most popular presidents we've ever had. Yeah. And so, you know, we it, it's funny to look back now and be like, well, who actually got double crossed there? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, interesting side note. 1971 is when Henry Kissinger told his protege, a guy named Klaus Schwab, he said, hey, I'm organizing this international um, oligarchical cabal. We're going to call it the Trilateral Commission. That came into fruition. Brzezinski was working on that in 1973. But in 1971, he says, why don't you start organizing a group in Europe? And y'all can be like our European faction. And that became the World Economic Forum. Um, the other thing that Nixon did, part of like the de decoupling or detachment was he said, look, 10% tariff on all imports, no matter what it is, to, we're, so we can protect American manufacturing. Four months later, that gets quietly removed. So it's like, that's the first rug pull. And then it's just been rug pulls ever since. Yeah. Rugs all the way down, my friend. Yeah, it's <laughs> a very interesting topic. And we'll continue to get into some of the details. I'll, I'll let you continue, G, because. Yeah, sure. So, um, okay. So just so everybody knows what happened back then, okay. They called it the Nixon shock, okay, because. Um, not only um, did he right stop the convertibility of um, dollars to gold, um, but he also offered the Economic Stabilization Act of 1970. And it was a 90-day freeze on wages and prices in order to counter inflation. This was the first time the U.S. government had enacted wage and price control since World War II. An important surcharge to the 10%, right, of products and stuff. And so that's probably, we're going to probably repeat that. Joe Biden is probably going to do something similar to this and it's going to backfire magnificently, but we're like basically rehashing 1971, except there's a plan to transition to something else we believe, right? Mm -hmm. At the end of this. Um, and so let's continue. Okay. So yep. what happens? 1971, we go off the petrodollar and then 1974, okay. Or we, we go to full fiat. We have right? Saudi Arabia and the United States make a deal to say, you can only accept dollars for oil and we will protect you, right? Yep. At the point, um, that is when the military industrial complex basically got full carte blanche to basically do whatever they wanted um, in that region of the world. And that region of the world's always been a mess. It's always been a mess and they just mm -hmm. made it bloodier. But you know, the people in the suits, right? The vampires in the suits smoothed it over. And what have we had since? Just nothing but chaos, death, and destruction for a long time. And it's all based on the currency. We saw what happened, right, in um, in Iraq. We yeah. saw what happened to Gaddafi, Gaddafi right, in mm -hmm. Libya. And it was always really about currency wars. These yep. were like little mini currency wars to where we always just kind of, you know, put our thumb on the scale and just exercise the power to make sure that we always remained the reserve currency because even, um, you know, Saddam Hussein tried to go away from the petrodollar. I was going to say that. Okay. Yeah. In, so yeah, if you want to explain more details on that too. In 2000, he spoke out against it and then that's what led, that's why we had to invade is because he was like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to pivot away from the petrodollar. And then Gaddafi was trying to organize basically bricks like 20 years ago. He was trying to organize bricks uh, like what bricks is now. Um, but he was trying to organize a basket of currencies, gold-backed currencies for the African continent that would be independent of the petrodollar. Um, yeah, and 
that never Go ends ahead. well. <laughs> yeah, it just never ends mm -hmm. well. They always uh, give them some freedom. And so I think, you know, looking at where we're at in the material, this is probably a good time to kind of mention that it was around the time, like you said, uh, 2017, Trump's coming on the scene. Uh, we've got this bloody history in the Middle East that you can go research at ad nauseum. Yeah. Uh, we had this transition off of the, the gold-backed currencies. So we've got this global fiat standard. And then we get Q. So we get the, the sword dance. We get Q coming on the scenes. We get all these uh, cryptic communications about this pyramid of power and control. This, um, you know, It's got different sides. Saudi Arabia being one of them. And then it was kind of, I think, around the time of like November 2017, we got like the arrests, right? There was this crackdown on corruption inside of Saudi Arabia. Okay, so um, maybe we'll pause there mm -hmm. real quick. Let's pause yeah. there real quick. Um, because I think that was an important event. Like, let's let's back up a second important. and understand what happened in Las Vegas. Okay, because Las Vegas mm -hmm. is key to this whole thing. I actually, funny enough, I pulled a clip from Instagram earlier because I was on the treadmill and I, this thing just happened to pop up. By the way, I was in Vegas. Yeah, and that was one of my initial ones that like, holy shit, this is a complete fucking lie, right? Like, everything is a lie about this entire thing. And so let's just watch this clip real quick. I thought it was interesting. So I was there. I was on the ground. Like I, I'm a gun guy. I know what guns sound like, um, and it was it was it was a terrible experience. But you know, it felt like we were being shot at from belt-fed machine guns, and it felt like they were in helicopters. To be honest with you, the entire time, like for whatever reason, like two years, even a year after that, like every time I heard a helicopter, I literally freaked the hell out. Um, and so you know, the rumors are right that there was Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabian. I don't know, special forces. I don't know what you would mm -hmm. call their special forces. They were mm -hmm. in town for Vegas uh, that weekend. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. or do you have evidence yeah. or did you, did you hear that as well? Yeah. And so there's a guy named John Cullen who's yes. like, put together some really great research on YouTube. I uh, rec recommend going and looking up his stuff. He's called me a dumbass a few times on X, which is great. Like I, I, I have a ton of respect for him and uh, I think like his research is great, but he's called me a dumbass because um, I, I disagree on a few things with him. He, he thinks that MBS killed Khashoggi. I don't think MBS did, but uh, that's, that's kind of irrelevant. Um, the, the, uh, as he like points out, and this is great stuff, Basically, Trump uh, made an, signed an agreement to like sell 110 million or uh, million dollars worth of military equipment to Saudi Arabia. That uh, that announcement was announced the day before the sword dance, uh, like May 19th. So like Trump is on a plane flying to Saudi Arabia, and that is announced that we are going to sell sell 110 million dollars to the first time we actually sold military equipment to Saudi Arabia. By the way, 1974. When we negotiate, when Kissinger ne negotiates the deal with Faisal, the king of Saudi Arabia, they needed military equipment, and we had a ton of excess military equipment from Vietnam that we had to get rid of. Um, that was part of it. Faisal, by the way, I actually think he was a good dude, um, which is why they killed him two years later or a year later. Um, I think he was trying to do what MBS is doing now and got and got rugged. He met secretly with JFK in 1960 and negotiated all this stuff. Oh, that that uh, Go listen to Breaking History to hear about that. Um, so... 
as far as uh, as what happened, so Trump negotiates this deal. He sells them the military equipment. Uh, MBS was the defense minister at that point. Um, this is May 2017. Trump goes and does the sword dance. So my opinion on the sword dance is I actually view the sword dance as like a declar like an open declaration of war. I like you could imagine the strategic value of them keeping their alliance secret and like doing kayfabe and all that kind of stuff. But instead, they go the complete opposite as they make this huge announcement, which like the people on CNN are freaking out as they're watching. It's like, what is happening right now? Trump is yeah, it's like it's it's like it's a battle cry. It's an ancient battle cry. And for those nope. that haven't seen it, I'll play it real quick. And, you know, you're right. So that's like some ancient, right, calling to war. Mm -hmm. And really, I think it's Trump offering them back their sovereignty is really yep. what, in essence, I think is what what that was to some degree, right? Like, hey, you want to be yep. under the thumb of these bankers the rest of your life? Or do you want to do you want to have sovereignty, full sovereignty for your country back? Yeah. And, and it's important to realize that Saudi Arabia was established by British intelligence. They like helped get helped elevate MBS's grandfather to become the king of Saudi Arabia. Um, and in exchange, basically, there's been this relationship between Western intelligence and Saudi Arabia for the past century. Um, so that's why you see a lot of connections between the CIA and royal family members is because there's just been like this hand in glove thing. And um, MBS, like like 9-11 messed with his head. He like he said on 9-11, he's like, I'm going to get revenge on every single person who was involved. Um, which is the CIA. And I, so I think what, what Trump did is I think he, I actually think Trump maybe came to them initially and said, and like gave him the 9-11 file. It was like, here's, I want you to hold on to this for safekeeping. This is like my peace offering. Here's all the proof you need of what not, because 9-11 is blamed on Saudi. Um, Obama officially blames them. He encouraged, you know, he, he passes that law or that executive order encouraging the, the victim families to sue the, the um, House of Saud. Um, there was this big pivot during the Obama administration to pivot away from Saudi Arabia, who Obama blamed for all radical Islamic terrorism and pivot towards Iran and say Iran is going to be the new center of influence in the Middle East. And then a really, really interesting financial thing happens in 2015. So the guy walking next to Trump in that video is King Salman. That's um, MBS's, um, MBS's father. He right. becomes king in January of 2015 when his brother dies. Um, he immediately... Um, appoints MBS as defense minister and MBS brings his four closest advisors, his two brothers and his two cousins into a room, locks the doors and says, I have just figured something out that is going to destroy our family and our country. Um, we have, you know, the PIF, the public investment fund is an $800 billion like trust fund basically that funds the entire Saudi government. So nobody in Saudi pays taxes. Instead, right. they have this big like Aramco oil fund that just funds everything. And somebody had cooked the books so that you know they had a 400 million dollar um uh or i'm sorry four 400 billion dollar um annual budget and they were hemorrhaging 100 100 billion dollars a year in uh in cash because somebody had cooked their books 
And what he figured out was by the end of 2017, they were going to be insolvent. Their country, like their PIF was going to be insolvent. And what that meant was that all the other families from Arabia were going to be able to overthrow them um, and take control. And I think that was done by design. Going back to Faisal in 1973, when he like did the oil embargo and screwed over the West, I think they were like, you know what? All it takes is one bad Saudi who's not going to play ball with us. And they, they could screw everything up. We got to get away from Saudi Arabia. And so I think like this plan was this long plan was put in place to to take down Saudi Arabia, and it was supposed to happen in 2017. So somebody it, got rugged. Somebody it, got rugged. India <laughs> freaks out. He brings his brothers and his cousins in the room. He locks the doors and he says, "No one leaves this room until we figure out how to correct this." Twelve hours later, they had a, a full a full plan. Ten days later, the entire government was torn down and rebuilt restructured from from bottom up in 10 days this is early 2015 um and that's in shockwaves through like the geopolitical world um and that's what starts the whole thing and uh so fast forward to when trump comes in may of 2017 a month later june is when salman and so the sword dance is is important because so people think that that was the first time a westerner had gotten the sword dance not true George Bush got one. He actually did it with Salman in 2008. But at the time, all Salman was was the governor of Riyadh. He was a very like low-level prince. Yep. Um, what tr what it was is that was the first time that a Western leader had ever done the sword dance with the Saudi king. That was the significance. He also got the, the order of, a, of Abdul Aziz, which is like a gold chain um, earlier. That was very significant. So those two things together is what really made that a big deal. June 2017, Salman... Um, he had appointed MBS's cousin, who was very tight with the CIA. Like CIA loved this guy. He'd initially appointed him as crown prince, I think, as like a holding pattern to keep the CIA at bay. So they're like, all right, good. Our guy is going to be crown prince. And then in June, he says, nope, he rugged him. And he says, nope, you're not crown prince anymore. MBS, you're crown prince. And that's what I think sets up the the, mo the motive for the big issue. For Vegas, right? And so the other um, guy was the guy that owned half of Twitter. Um, what was his name again? Um, uh, ben Alawid Bin Talal. Yeah, Alawid. Alawid, right? That's his name. Yeah, um, Alawid. Uh, and so, okay. And so that happens in Vegas, right? There's a massive shooting. Some of yep. us believe Trump was actually in Vegas too, making a deal or Some warning MBS. Something went down behind the scenes. We don't know. We never know. And this is why I still think Ray is a good guy. Because Ray and the FBI could never have exposed what really happened. They had to keep it like tight-lipped, right? Yep. There's still no motive, you know. Um, that guy they used was a patsy. Something went really bad for somebody. Someone got rug pulled really hard. Did and, you want to say and something? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. These these helicopters that we sold to Saudi Arabia, it was the first time that we had ever sold these helicopters to any foreign nation. Um and, and they have a practicing ground right at the airport there. Saudi yes. Arabia has a airport training ground for military guys in the freaking Las Vegas airport or right so, near well, it. So, so what happens is in August, we bring all the Saudi special forces over to um, Mina, um, Arkansas, and train them on these helicopters. They also are training in, I think, Nevada. And this is publicly announced. All the helicopters get shipped all over to Saudi in August when they go back, like August, September. We keep three of them because three of them are basically like under maintenance. Like we're, oh, we can't get the part, can't get the part. We got to keep, and, and Saudis are like, all right, we're, we're going to sue you if you don't bring us this this uh, helicopter. So three of the helicopters were sitting in like Nevada 
when this was all going down. And so the helicopter theory really becomes, and so then the question is, well, why would Saudi special forces rebel against MBS? The way the Saudi special forces are set up is they go get the Bedouin. The Bedouin are the desert nomads. And because they know how to survive in the desert, they're the biggest badasses out there. So they organize the special forces units based on Bedouin tribes. They, they make sure that in one unit, you only have guys from one tribe. So you don't have tribal politics like, yeah. like unit cohesion. So some of these tribes are diehard Wahhabists, like diehard, like Wahhabi is the radical, like radical right. Islam. Right. And MBS dismantled that, like completely right. dismantled, like got rid of it. And so there would have been units, like feasibly. Um, that defected. That, yes. that, that defected and would have viewed him as basically like like a traitor. Right. Um, or the, or connected to the CIA or something, right? Or they were, um, yeah. you mm -hmm. know, because they, they were dealing with Alawid, which was also part of, um, yep. you know, that whole deal. And he, and, and he owned the, the uh, top five floors of Mandalay Bay, his own which is, which is the Four Seasons, right? Which is the oh, Four yeah. Seasons. And so what happens right after that, as we get back to Sean's point, right, Sean? You're bringing up what happens next, which is, the Ritz Carlton. This is like not even like a couple days later, right? This is like within a week. I think this happens. They arrest or they run down what, like twenty different princes, I think, or something. It was um, a lot. Uh, uh, yeah, 400. Um, four hundred. Four hundred. Yeah, four hundred. Saudi Arabia's most like four hundred. This is like a straight up like martial law. The richest people richest in the world. Saudis in the, and they they take him to the Ritz Carlton, like one of the yeah. nicest hotels. And they literally string them up and beat them all night, right? They, that's what yep. they did. Yeah. Well, and they also like they were in prison. They're in prison, so they put them in, in the Ritz Carlton for optics, so that like because otherwise the, the rest of the royal family may, like may have like revolted if they're like, well, you can't just like throw us all in prison. So they put them in the Ritz Carlton, but they bring them twelve white shirts, twelve pairs of pants, twelve socks, exactly like you get in jail. And they're like, these are your clothes for the next six months. And for like six months, they keep them. They keep them locked up. And yeah, like the rumors are, is that they were being tortured. They were being like. Basically, MBS did what we like were people in 2018, 2019, like Q people were all like hoping Trump would, was going to do to the to the deep state. It's like yep. he could do it because they because of their system of government, like he yep. could actually do what we were all hoping Trump was going to do. Right. Um, and, and yeah. And so, and so he locks these people up and it didn't all happen at once. Like they they did it in waves like Naif, who was the crown prince that that um, MBS leapfrogged. He didn't. He doesn't get arrested in for like another six to eight months. Like so, the the whole purge lasts like two years, um, and they're they're doing it in waves. But but a huge wave. It was like a couple hundred of them got rounded up that and first week. Alawid was like the top of that pyramid because he was one of the first yep. ones they took down, and they took I think half of his wealth. Right, like a yeah, crazy like, billion, like billions of dollars. dollars or yeah, mm -hmm. they completely gutted that guy. Made him give up his ownership of Twitter. They yep. made him into um, you know basically their bitch. And, you know, so this like begs the question, like, why did all that happen? You yeah. know, like we know what happened. So right? we know what happened. But like, I think, you know, at least me and Sean's perspective is this is really about the currency. This is really about mm -hmm. establishing an attack vector on the U.S. dollar. But you had to set up the infrastructures and the people to go along with this plan because Saudi Arabia is like a key. They're like the keystone. The key. Yep. The key because of the petrodollar. But Q, it's funny, Q never mentions that. Q actually says, what if Russia, China, and others are coordinating with POTUS <laughs> to eliminate the NWO, right? I mean, but it says return to Saudi Arabia. What is the keystone? Okay. Yep. Puppets and well, shadows, each side of the triangle. I mean, this whole thing 
is telling you. And of course, what date is it, Sean? Oh, I didn't catch that. Is it 11 11? 11 11. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's amazing. Well, Q was very emphatic that the order of operations mattered in taking down that pyramid. And I think that, like you said, there's that keystone element there because the petrodollar, that geopolitical structure plus the money structure, like those simultaneous networks, um, needed to be dis decoupled. And I think that's what this action in Saudi Arabia was, was that decoupling of the power structure, the petrodollar, so that you could then go after that next layer, which would be like the Rothschilds banking network and the central banking cartel, all those international organizations. So what do you think about like that? Like as, as we've gone past the 2017 action, what kind of things have you seen in Saudi Arabia that might indicate that we are going down that uh, path that Putin talks about a lot? Oh man, some really, really cool things. Well, so basically the, the, like going to the November 4th, 5th, 6th, like that weekend into like where they do the roundup. Um, basically what happens is uh, they, they call a conference um, of the, the organization of Islamic cooperation, the, the OIC, which is uh, 56 countries. It's what they, they called a meeting back in October after the um, um, Israel attack. And that's where, that's where MBS was basically like, look, I got this. No one get involved. I'm the point man here. Let me do this because I know it's, and, and that like he united the entire Muslim world behind them for the first time, like a thousand years back in October, back in November, 2017, they call a similar meeting. All 56 nations, Muslim nations come to Riyadh and they're meeting and King Salman calls them all in. And this is one of the things where John Cullen called me a dumbass because I described that weekend as MBS's uh, coronation date. And he's like, coronation? He didn't get coronated. And I said, oh, he did get coronated because Salman brings all these people in and says, I just want everyone to understand something. My son, Muhammad, is now in charge. He's the one with all the power. You will all answer to him. He runs Saudi Arabia now. I am advocating the throne. That's where he announces I'm advocating the throne. And he is now in charge, even though he's going to be known as crown prince until I die. He, he, I'll still be king until I die. He's the one in charge now. And that's when immediately uh, Mohammed bin Salman announces first order of business. I have organized a, a committee on corruption. Um, we are going to be implementing like new measures and literally within hours that they started arresting people. And <laughs> I, I think I think the reason they arrested them was because <laughs> of was because he figured out that these were the guys who were involved in cooking the books to basically destroy Saudi Arabia, like like the PIF. And the and the way that they pulled out, the, like the like the way he was able to save them was Aramco. For those who don't know, Aramco is the most speculated to be the most valuable company in the world, probably worth at least three trillion dollars. This is the Saudi national oil company. Um, they, it's a private company, so we're like nobody's ever seen their books, so we don't know. But it's speculated to be worth at least three trillion dollars. Um, he puts five percent of the company up for sale, and he, for the first time ever, creates public books to show the world: here's what our our profits look like, and I'm going to sell five percent shares, and that basically gets them, you know, probably a couple hundred billion dollars, and um, and that that's what saves the PIF, and then basically a dis a discussion occurs between Trump and MBS and Salman where um, they're like, Trump is like, look, you have to divest out of oil because oil, if you stick with oil, like, like this is going to happen again. Like these yep. people are going to be able to mess with you again. You need to have a diversified portfolio. And so that's what they've been doing for the past seven years. That's probably what years. Jared Kushner has been helping him with, I would imagine. Well, well, 
well, yes, Kushner, Trump. Um, and also what happened was, uh, this is hilarious, in December of 2016, during the transition, this Lebanese business partner, like friend of Trump, he introduces, he's friends with MBS, he introduces MBS, again, this is, you know, MBS is only the defense minister at this point. He introduces MBS with Kushner and they start like, like texting on WhatsApp and the State Department starts freaking out because they're like, dude, you cannot contact foreign leaders through like a private <laughs> channel. You have to do it through the State Department. And and Kushner's like, yeah, yeah, sorry, so sorry. Like, like we'll stop. Doesn't stop. Keeps going. And then him and Jared Kushner throughout like the transition, the inauguration, all that, they're texting each other on WhatsApp using just emojis. So they're not even using words. They're just texting each other with emojis. And the State Department is freaking out because they're like, what are these guys even saying to each other? And they're no, like scheduling yeah. phone calls, scheduling meetings like on WhatsApp, um, basically conducting diplomacy. It's probably um, Telegram. It's like, probably like Telegram, text. maybe. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, um, which is proof, by the way, that MBS is a huge tech geek. He's like a big, yep. he's a big like video game guy. He's a he's an '80s '90s kid, um, which like I'm an, uh, like I'm a '90s kid. So like we grew up like consuming the same culture. He loves American culture. Um, that that's really the big problem though. The big problem is that people don't look at him the way that they should. They view him just as any other Arab. They're like, oh, right. he's just like right. any other Arab. He's not. Every other Arab, all of his relatives went to school in Europe. They all went to school in Europe and they're, you know, they're all like playboys and they're all about like, you know, like material wealth and all that stuff. He never did that. He, he went, he did all this schooling in Riyadh. He stayed, he stayed close to his dad because his dad lost a few sons, his like half brothers when he was younger. And so he like took care of his dad and like made sure he was there for him. Um, so he's like a true Arab. But he loves American culture. He loves technology. He loves them, which is why he wants to. Well, make and he's, Saudi and he's a progressive in that sense where he, you know, he let women drive. He let yep. um, he let, the, you know, he opened up a lot of doors for women there. Uh, but this is a guy who's rumored to like to just dress up in normal clothes and just gamble like a regular person in Las Vegas. Like he likes yep. to be just like a normal dude hanging mm -hmm. out at the at the casino and not really. um you know, doing doing anything in particular, being all fancy, he just likes to kind of hang out. Yep. Um, and there's rumors that you know there was this guy that was walking through the Tropicana with him, but I think that got debunked. You know, yeah, um, it could have been Khalid. It could have been his brother Khalid. I mean, John Cullen kind of speculated that. I mean, the guy looks a little bit like Khalid, but um, maybe not. Uh, it's hard yeah. to tell because they they always have their head covered. And this guy, exactly. well, I think he actually released another video that actually out of the guy who it was some some white. Okay, guy. okay, yeah, okay. I think so. No, I don't think it was him, but. Look, a lot of crazy shit happened. We still don't know what happened, but we can mm -hmm. see the overall structure coming together, right? Because Q actually says the Nazi order, NWO does not refer to new, right? The sum of yep. all fears, the sum of all fears. And so what exactly is that trilateral? What exactly is that NWO? What exactly is, you know, Klaus Schwab, the WEF, and these, um, you know, international partners ngos right what exactly are they doing yeah. um to um coordinate this this transition because the, the the financial system fails every 50 years like they, they knew it was coming they, some of this has been planned mm -hmm. and it's been like a rug pull by the patriots at the last minute like literally the last minute like it almost seems like <laughs> wow guys you really cut that one a little too close you know in yeah. terms of, of how we transition things, because like, you know, Trump gets in at the last minute, the Saudi Arabia thing gets rugged last minute. Like all these things are happening very at the end, precipice type moments to where like at some point, like there's no, there's no going back. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. And so what this is all kind of leading up to, guys, is just recently, okay, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia officially joins BRICS. Okay. This is absolutely world-shattering news. This is massive on a scale that people aren't really comprehending here, Ghost, right? They're not comprehending the significance of Saudi Arabia joining BRICS with Russia and China. Yep. And we're here sitting here as Americans, like, oh, the dollar, those crazy Arabs, eh, they're always going to come back to us. And like, they're not getting it, dude. They're not, mm-hmm. and I don't know, like, I'm like, holy shit. I'm freaking yeah. out a little bit going, dude, this is even worse than I thought it was going to be because it's just like, full on, nope, we're not playing with the dollar anymore. Yeah. Well, and they also came out like a few days later, Saudi came out and like clarified and they said, well, we are joining BRICS, but we're not doing it yet. Like we're in like a little bit of a holding pattern. And so I think what's going on is MBS is basically keeping the petrodollar on life support. Yeah. And, and allowing it to collapse very slowly because Correct. if it happens very quickly, it would cause America to collapse. So I think he's allowing it. He's keeping it like up and running long enough for the tr- this transition to occur, which yes. is a signal that he is our friend, our ally, because if he wasn't, he would just crush us and we would be destroyed. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're definitely like, I think, you know, understanding how much of that stream of, ca- of you know, U.S. dollars versus the WAN or the BRICS. The BRICS currency really hasn't been announced yet either. Like they haven't really mm-hmm. announced it. And so what do we have Biden going over there doing? He's asking them to increase the oil output. He's going, and here's his fist bump. <laughs> the, the famous fist bump. And, you know, it looked kind of, it looked pretty tame. But then you have Putin and the king do this. <laughs> so... Yes. I don't know about you guys, but the relationship that Saudi Arabia has with Russia is a little different than I think he has with Joe Biden. Yes. Um, uh, Burning Brett likes to call it the Sovereign Alliance. Um, I like to call it the Jacob Accords, but just a couple of bros. I think it's th- these guys are total bros. Um, they're obviously good friends. And I feel like the connection between especially uh, Putin and MBS seems to be deeper than just like diplomacy like political diplomacy they seem to actually get each other and they have a common enemy because i'm sure mbs mbs grew up like watching the cia and the state department screw with his family um there's actually an anecdote in this book written by uh ben hubbard who is a cia asset uh new york times writer where he's trying to slander mbs this is like a confessional like he lists all the people in guitar who were involved in all this i'm an idiot for writing this but he uh actually gives an anecdote where like when he was like when he was like 20 or something they were trying to get his father was trying to get uh passports for them and they they're like okay we'll come to the embassy like the u.s embassy in saudi and and get your fingerprints done so we can expedite your passports and mbs said you think i'm going to come to the u.s state department and get fingerprinted like some kind of criminal fuck yourself and and (laughs) refuse to go like he hates the state department he hates the cia uh so the like i'm sure when trump came to him and said hey Let's just let's destroy the, the CIA. He was probably like, "Say no more, I'm all in." And to that point, uh, share my screen real quick. I, I I put it in there. Let me show you these two oh, tweets yeah. that, Trump put, that Trump put out. Yep. Uh, so this is November 6, 2017. This is when the purge is going on, and he says, "I have great confidence in King Salman and the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. They know exactly what they are doing." And then this is in April uh, 2020. He said, "Just spoke to." And remember, April 2020, like 
Trump had the the American oil um, in, um, industry up OPEC plus OPEC plus and, right and so and so Trump says just spoke to my friend MBS Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia who spoke with President Putin of Russia and I expect and hope that they will be cutting back approximately 10 million barrels and maybe substantially more which if it happens will be great for the oil and gas industry so it's like contrast that with the way that MBS like treated Biden where Biden was like please cut back like a million <laughs> barrels and MBS literally goes actually I'm going to or he said please increase a million increase, barrels yeah. and MBS goes I'm going to decrease a million barrels <laughs> don't the door hit you on the way out yeah it's such an embarrassment i mean the entire you know relationship is such an embarrassment yeah totally yeah. and you guys are hitting on something very key and q was emphatic about this and i would say what we're discussing is a big q proof because q was telling anons to compare and contrast the treatment of hillary and obama when they went to places like saudi arabia with that of trump and and so you can draw those same parallels and and so i i think as you look to the sword dance and the Russian ball and the Wailing Wall and the Secret Garden and the Forbidden City, these geopolitical players gave very open signals in a very veiled fashion that they were operating in a different network um, against this common enemy, as you've described. And so I think it's really cool because I think Putin hit on the, the key last week when he said you can't win a, a propaganda war um, with the, the world's reserve asset. And that's key because if you take down the petrodollar and then the Rothschilds banking system, only at that point can you attack the clown world that we're stuck in and can't get the justice out of um, because otherwise they can fund it in infinitely. Um, in infinitely. Weird. And that's mm -hmm. the key. Infinitely. Like the quantitative easing, which they only started after the 2008 crash, which just means like print as much money as you can. Just print money, like infinite money. That's what's caused like – we are we already were experiencing inflation, like you said, for decades. But once they started the quantitative uh, um, easing, that was like hyperinflation. That, that's like when the like the, the the graph like just does that. And you know, all these foreign countries that what they did is uh, uh, in December 1971. The reason that Nixon uh, like approved eliminating the 10% tariff is that these 10 other countries agreed to peg their currency to the US dollar as opposed to gold. So it was basically like these other currencies became dependent on the US dollar, which kind of like still allowed the US dollar to, to maintain its status as like the, as the king and would also make sure that these other countries had a vested interest in propping up the uh, the value of the US dollar, making sure it, it maintained its, uh, its power, its buying power. So, um, and then when they're watching this quantitative easing happening, they're probably like, what the man, like, like our dollars are now like worth less. Like why would we buy more bonds from y'all? And you know, these are energy companies, right? Oil is energy. Like mm -hmm. these people know about energy mm -hmm. and you know, where does this all end up G right? Like if the central bankers and you know, Saudi Arabia is controlled to some degree by the dollar and they want to break the shackles. Of, and I, I believe that's what Trump said is, we're going to give you our sovereignty back, but we're going to give it back for everybody. Like, you know, everybody's going to be free to do their own choice because they will no longer be in control, you know, by, by the bankers, by the CIA bankers. And, you know, so we're, we're, we're thinking there's this loose plan that like MBS knows about Bitcoin, you yep. know, um, there's speculation that Qatar is going to buy $500 billion worth of Bitcoin. How does mm -hmm. Qatar fit into the Saudi Arabia thing at all? If, if, if there's any connection there. 
Fascinating. Um, so basically, like right now, they're accusing Iran of being uh, behind all this stuff. But the truth is, is that it's really probably Qatar. I think Qatar is actually, and so Qatar is actually where the largest foreign U.S. military base is now that they've closed down Bagram in Afghanistan. So the largest U.S. military base outside the United States is in Qatar now. Um, Qatar is also where the CIA operates out of the State Department. It's like the largest State Department nex like nexus, um, it, like the Doha Agreement, where Trump negotiated with the Taliban. It's like it's called the Doha Agreement because they signed it in Doha, Qatar. Um, so it's where a lot of the diplomacy, like the Western diplomacy, is negotiated and happens is, is in Qatar. And uh, basically, when Trump comes to power, they have this. Uh, uh, MBS. So the UAE, which is right next to Qatar and next to Saudi Arabia, they're like best friends with MBS. Uh, Zaid, um, who's like their leader, the, the uh, he's the, the the Emir of Abu Dhabi. Um, he uh, he basically takes MBS under his wing. He's the one who's promoting him. He's the one who's telling all the Saudis like, dude, make this kid crown prince. He's the future. He's got to be crown prince. And so Zaid, um, MBZ as they call him, MBZ and MBS. Um, stand together against Qatar because they're accusing Qatar of funding all this terrorism. They're like, you're the one funding, you and the CIA are the one, the Muslim Brotherhood operates out of Qatar. Muslim Brotherhood, by the way, was created by MBS's grandfather in 1902. And then in 1927, British intelligence corrupted them and turned them against MBS's grandfather. So he then has to destroy them. He destroys them. Um, a year later in 1928, um, British intelligence resurrects um, Muslim Brotherhood in Cairo, Egypt, and that is the Muslim Brotherhood that we're now dealing with. It's the Egyptian Muslim Brotherhood, which now operates out of Qatar, but also out of Turkey. And it's so, all done through it's also done through black books, all done through yes. fake money. It's all done through payoffs. It's not done NGOs naturally. And all that stuff. Yep. Exactly. And 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 then this is where it gets really fascinating. The um that article that came out from Fox News right after GART in, in January, where they exposed that Kevin Chalker, who's a CIA a for, former CIA agent has a company, uh, Global Risk Strategies or whatever, and the Muslim Brotherhood in the Qatari government hired him to help them subvert um, US, the U.S. Senate. Ted Cruz was trying to make the Muslim Brotherhood in 2017 a terrorist organization, designate them that. Um, they were like, hey, we need help subverting Ted Cruz. We also need help subverting this guy. Uh, they called him Endgame, Operation Endgame. And uh, they said he is the most charming and powerful ambassador in D.C. Well, that would be Yusuf al Oteba, who is the UAE ambassador to D.C. And basically they said, look, we need to run a psychological warfare operation against this guy to destroy his reputation. We also need to do the same thing to MBS. And then all of a sudden you get the Khashoggi murder. And conveniently, the there are four outlets that in this like packet that the, that the CIA agent produces for the Muslim Brotherhood, which then gets reported by Fox News last month and, and other outlets. Um, this packet lists four outlets, four um, media outlets as Qatari media assets. The New York Times, the Middle East, um, Middle East Eye, the, uh, uh, and two other, two other outlets. And those four outlets are the four outlets that pushed the, the Jamal Khashoggi narrative using the CIA as their only source. They're like, according to the CIA, this is what happened. MBS ordered this guy to get murdered in Turkey. And by the way, um, Oteba, the uh, the UAE ambassador, he's been running around D.C. for the past couple of years telling everyone how great MBS was. He was the future. He was going to reform. He was going to make the Middle East something new and exciting. He was full of shit. 
we should, um, um, these two guys should be pariahs. Nobody should listen to them. That was the whole, in my opinion, this is why John Cohen calls me a dumbass because he doesn't, he doesn't really, that's, that's fine. I respect him. But my opinion is that Khashoggi was not murdered by MBS, but he was murdered by these other people to slander MBS. So then nobody would want to do business with him. Nobody would want to yeah. invest. And if you look at what he's doing right now, money is dumping into Saudi Arabia. Right well, now. yeah. And so here's kind of what I, what I see is like, you know, the CIA has been over there meddling in Iran, in Iraq, in Saudi Arabia. And so what you have literally is constant chaos. These poor leaders mm -hmm. over there, they're just trying to run their countries, are constantly under threat of these fucking rebels and these like little uprisings. And what you see now is you see an agreement happening. Iran and Saudi Arabia signing agreements to just respect each other. You see people over the Middle East saying, we're not going to let these... CIA rabble rousers like affect what we're going to do, right? We're going to remain united. And it seems like, in my opinion, they're being united against Israel in some sense because Israel yeah. also has, is kind of like the, um, the ring. Deep it's kind of like where all the orders come out of almost, right? Of like yes. the entire chaos of that entire region. And so if they can actually all come together and then have a, 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 a you know, a standard front against Israel's, CIA, whatever you want to call it, guys, right? Like this isn't, um, this is about the bankers. This is about the Rothschild bankers that created the entire yeah. country of Israel. And so um, that's what I think this is about. They are they are coming together, working together to eliminate this disease of fiat dollars from- Yes, yes. And, and those are the two bookends, by the way, Israel and Qatar are the two yeah. bookends. And right. if you look at like everything that's been coming out, Bibi Netanyahu was working with Qatar to yep. get money, he was sending money to, to Qatar, and then they were sending it to Hamas. And who sends the money to Israel? We send the money to Israel. Like yeah, we send the money to Israel, and then Israel sends sends it uh, to, to the Muslim Brotherhood, and then they send it to the Hamas. And they and create Bibi ISIL. Told his people, he said, yeah. the reason we're going to elevate Hamas is because it will destabilize Palestine, and then we can go in there and take over. That, that's what he said. Yeah, it's yeah, like that. Sad. That was the plan. Yeah, and so. And so Trump and UAE and MBS together in 2017, 2018, they do this um, embargo against Qatar. They embargo them, they sanction them, and they basically say, you are funding all this stuff. All the stuff they're blaming on Iran right now, Trump and all of them are saying, you are funding. This is you. Yeah. And until you stop, we are like, we're doing this to you. And um, it pissed off certain people. It pissed off people in D.C. It pissed off people in Israel. It pissed off people that you would be like, wait a minute, why would y'all be pissed off about them doing this to the Muslim Brotherhood? Like Israel, like why are you getting mad at him embargoing the Muslim Brotherhood? Uh, so, and then Trump really said something really interesting like last week where he said, um, he was talking about uh, Soleimani. My opinion on Soleimani is that I think Soleimani was tasked with creating this big terrorist network and then unleashing that terrorist network against Israel and basically starting World War III. I think when they took out Soleimani, it eliminated that keystone in the network. And then the CIA Muslim Brotherhood Mossad stepped in and took control of that network. And Trump said last week, he said, you know, I think all the people in Iran, all the people in the Iranian government were afraid of Soleimani and he was controlling everything. And when we took him out, it changed everything, which I think is true. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, super interesting discussion. Um, Sean, do we want to hit some rumble rants real quick, hit the commercials and we'll come back?
Yeah, so I got one from Pillin Bro here uh, for 20 bucks. It says, Gordon, wanted to meet you at Gart 3 last day, but you left early to the airport. I was born in Dharan, Saudi Arabia, 74 years ago. Dad was there 13 years. I was there my first seven years through second grade. So uh, somebody with some personal experience there. Got L Smith 62 says, I'd love I to have... talk to you, man. DM me on Twitter. Like, let's talk, please. Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. Reach out. Uh, they say here, if I have Bitcoin on my cash app, is that a safe place? So we practice self-custody, go get yourself a wallet, reach out to us. Uh, we'll get you on the right track. Yeah, in the bankers.com. Um, go hit that mm -hmm. website. Yep. Give then we got console. another one here from Brandon Post. It says, is it possible that BRICS might adopt Bitcoin rather than developing their own currency? Saw a headline today that several BRICS nations are expanding their Bitcoin mining operations Thanks, guys. So I'll, I'll give that one to you, Ghost. Yeah, um, I don't know if this is a good a good opportunity to like like maybe we can wait till you hit all the rants. But um, if you want to talk about what they're doing in Saudi Arabia, like you asked, like what's happening now, like, like technology and why Bitcoin might be a really viable move for them um, in the very near future. Like, let's talk about that once you're done with the rants. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. So I'm going to hit the, that was the last rant. So I'll hit these uh, second set of sponsors here. Mm -hmm. Check these guys out and then we'll have that conversation. Badlanders have set no bugs beef on fire. Have you ordered yet? Let's face facts. America's supply chain is going to be increasingly disrupted in the coming months, which means it's not if we'll have a food shortage, it's when. Having enough protein to feed your family for several months is essential for your survival. That's why we've partnered with badlandsmedia.tv forward slash no bugs. They provide sous vide, freeze dried, all American beef from ranches in Texas that have never ever given their cows an mRNA jab. The beef, stored in Mylar bags with oxygen absorbers for maximum shelf life, will stay shelf-stable for more than 10 years without refrigeration and with maximum nutrition and flavor. All you need to do is soak it in water for 15 minutes and it's ready to eat. These are not your typical survival meats. They're premium cuts of ribeye, New York strip, tenderloins, sirloin, and chuck. Get your family ready for the chaos at badlandsmedia.tv forward slash no bugs and use promo code BADLANDS for an additional 10% off your order. That's badlandsmedia.tv forward slash no bugs and use promo code BADLANDS. In today's fast-paced world, peace of mind is priceless. That's where Badlands Media steps in. Preparing for life's uncertainties is about being ready for anything right where you are. Welcome to the Badlands Media shop. We've partnered with Patriot Companies, offering products that empower you to prepare for any eventuality comfortably from your home. The Badlands Media shop has everything you need to secure your peace of mind. Browse the virtual aisles. Prepare your family for the year ahead with products you can trust from companies that share your values. Whether it's growing your own food or prepping long-term storage, protecting your family, or stocking up on emergency supplies, we've got you covered. Get prepared. Visit the Badlands Media shop at badlandsmedia.tv forward slash shop today. Every purchase supports a freedom-loving business as well as Badlands Media. That's badlandsmedia.tv forward slash shop. Thank you all for your continued support. Everything woke turns to shit, okay? It's true. <laughs> so true. A classic. Classic. Uh, no, this was an awesome discussion. And, you know, I think that last question was great. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Saudi Arabia and BRICS can transition to Bitcoin at any time. Like, the whole BRICS thing could just be a front. Be like, by the way, we're going to back our currency with Bitcoin. What are you going to do? Um, they're not <laughs> yes. that stupid, you guys. They're literally like all these countries are working together. Russia, China, India, Saudi, like 
Egypt. You think they're all going to be like, they're all going to be fighting for their own currency? Of course. So how are you going to like settle things between them in a fair way? Well, I mean, Bitcoin solves all of that issues for them. Now they could, you know, do it with gold right now, which Russia had to do to stabilize their, their, um, their currency. So they may initially do it with gold, which they have been buying a ton of, and then they can transition to, to Bitcoin at any time. But yeah, do you want to let us know what's going on, um, you know, mm -hmm. in Saudi Arabia today? I'll put your screen on the, um, I'll share it right now. And so, yeah. So, so basically what NBA, like MBS, and I think Trump had a lot to do with this. I think Trump had similar conversations, by the way, with, with Kim Jong-un, who I, I view Kim Jong-un a lot like MBS. He's like a 90s kid who grew up going to school in Switzerland, loves American culture, loves basketball, loves the NBA. Um, Dennis Rodman's the whole reason that he was able to find peace with Trump. Um, that's a different story. But so what MBS wants to do is he wants to cultivate um, a whole new economy. For Saudi Arabia outside of oil. He sees technology. He wants Saudi Arabia to be the center, like the new Silicon Valley. He wants them to be the center of technology for um, the world. He also is embracing the geographic location of the Middle East. Uh, you know, the Middle East in the ancient world was considered like the crossroads of, of the known world. And so he wants to reestablish that identity where the Middle East, is, like Saudi Arabia is where the world comes to convene, to hold conventions, to meet one another, et cetera, tourism. So what he wants to do is he wants to build a new French Riviera on the Red Sea. He wants to turn, he wants to turn the entire Saudi coast into like the number one tourist de uh, destination in the world. Um, he also wants to make um, culture like the, like the epicenter of culture, which is why he is investing huge in sports leagues. It's why he's throwing billions of dollars at golfers and telling them to stop playing in the PGA, come play for us and only us. And I think Trump's behind that too. Um, it's also why he, I think he's been hanging out with Kanye West. I think I, you know, I've been, I've been posting about Kanye West and like, it kind of started out as a joke, but the more I dug into it, the more I was like, holy shit, dude, Ben Hubbard, CIA asset Ben Hubbard talks about in his book, how, um, the most expensive home in the world is like some chateau in like the South of France. MBS went out and bought it after he became defense minister, um, in 2015, the year before, Kanye and Kim Kardashian, as he says, was were at this site and looking at it to like do their wedding or whatever there. And so it was like he was saying like he was saying that Kanye and MBS seemed to have this relationship or whatever. So let's look at let's look here. So Aula, Aula, um, Saudi Arabia. It's this small little desert camp. It's literally like in the middle of nowhere. It's just there's nothing there except for these ancient sites. This is a castle that is thousands of years old like one yeah, of the old ones probably the architects are, are insane it, dude, it, it like these things are all over the place in Aula. um and robert sepper has who's an archaeologist like a based um, archaeologist has really really cool theories he's he doesn't think that humanity came out of africa he thinks humanity yeah. came out of um, out of arabia um and these kind of things prove it like these kind of structures so mbs wants to make Aula the new cultural center of Saudi Arabia. He, he has invested his own personal money, like billions of dollars of his own money in um, Aula. Kanye has now come. This is Kanye right here. He has built his own um, music studio. He just came out with an album like yesterday, two days ago. It's the number one album, whatever. He recorded the entire album in this tent in Aula. <laughs> um, and, and here is MBS at the exact same time that Kanye is there. Um, he has set up his Bedouin winter camp 
in Aula. Here's Lindsey Graham sitting in his camp in Aula. Um, he's also been hosting these investors uh, there for months, and this is what they're planning on doing. Look at this. This is, this is like a uh, like a computer rendering, but they're basically going to build this like cultural tourist epicenter in Aula. They're already hosting music festivals there. They're already hosting these like crazy um, art like art uh, uh, whatever like um, yeah things there. And uh, it, it really is becoming like in all these investors are going there and then coming back and, and like being like, holy shit, dude, what's happening in Saudi Arabia right now is insane. Like this is the future of the world is happening right now in Saudi Arabia. We got to go invest as much money. Kanye turned around in December and bought um, 100,000 acres. Like uh, he wouldn't he wouldn't disclose where it was, but I guarantee it's somewhere near Aula because he seems to really like that place. Would not surprise me if Jared Kushner announces here soon that he's investing in Aula. Um, but yeah, so Aula, I think, is going to be a major, major player. Plus, you also have uh, the recent announcement of um, um, Riyadh 2030, which is the antithesis of the Great Reset, the antithesis of Agenda 230, uh, uh, 2030. And that is where um, it's like the World's Fair, where basically they're going to have like um, every country gets their own their own um like tent or their own building or whatever and get just like they did back in the late 1800s where every country gets to show off what they're working on right now and it's kind of like every it's it's like a convention for nationalism a convention for um like national sovereignty a celebration of national sovereignty together as, as opposed to like like one global government they also are hosting the uh like i think i think that party in 2030 is going to be like Saudi Arabia's official coming out party where they're like, here we are. This is the new Saudi Arabia. It's very different from everything you've heard about us. And then in 2034, they're hosting the World Cup, which is going to be like another major event. I'm trying to convince John to host GART in 2030. <laughs> I think that would be pretty fun. Like we got to go to that party. 2030 GART in Al-Ayula. Sounds yeah. fun yeah, to sounds, me. Sounds ripe for a Bitcoin Citadel. Maybe they'll have one built by then, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so, really cool. Uh, it kind of has a uh, future city vibes. You know, Trump talking about the future cities. You know, as you're showing me that, it kind of just it has that vibe. And and the the uh, space force guy we follow, he talks about how you can pull energy and watts out of anywhere, out of anything. And mm -hmm. so, just the new cities and the new ways that we're gonna gather and harness energy is gonna be quite unique. And so, I'm I'm excited mm -hmm. for that. That that gets me bullish on Saudi Arabia and the, the Middle East over there uh, in terms of nationalism and. It, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because like MBS is such a tech guy. He's so obsessed with technology. He actually went on a tour in 2000, I think it was 2018, where he went around and like and met with every single like billionaire in, in Silicon Valley. And the speculation on the, on the cue boards was that he was delivering a message on behalf of Trump to these people. Like he was basically being like, you better play ball or else like whatever, like whatever needed to be said was communicated by MBS to these people. Um, but yeah, he's a big tech guy. That's why him and Kushner immediately became boys was because Kushner's in the tech as well. So it makes perfect sense that something like Bitcoin, he'd be all in on that. Um, so so I, yeah. I, have, I have a question for you. So in terms of like technology, do you know anything like have you gone down far enough? Uh, have you gone down the rabbit hole far enough to kind of understand the relative size of the Bitcoin network at all? It's 20, is it 21, what is it, 21 million, 21 billion, uh, what is it, 21 million Bitcoin, is that right? Close, close. So so that's the, the quantity of the supply cap. So yeah, 21 million Bitcoin. 
Um, in terms of like the the computing power behind the network, um, it's right now at about the size of three point five one U.S. navies in terms of equivalent gigawatts, and so it's it's crunching just tons of numbers every single second. And the reason why I bring that up is it's it's huge. It is the the biggest network. It's so big that no one nation state can mount a 51% attack against it. And so as you're talking about Mohammed bin Salman being so bullish on technology, uh, my question for you is, do you think it even conceivable that he has either Bitcoin not on his radar or is looking into a different network that would pale in comparison against the, that, that security? I mean, I haven't I haven't heard anything like there's not there's no reason for me to believe that he's clued in on a specific a specific one like outside of Bitcoin. It seems to me that if I mean, what I would do is I would keep an eye on like the Trump orbit, like Kushner, Trump, like what they're saying. And then it seems like they're kind of like tipping their hand towards Bitcoin, because I would imagine that whatever they are pushing, MBS is already knows about and is going to be like all about it. I mean, help MBS probably knows way more. He's probably way more read up on like the like the tech stuff, like the like the cutting edge technology stuff than somebody like even Trump, because just because he's younger and he's already into this, he was way into this stuff. He was way into like the gamer, like gamer gate, like gamer, um, um, like like poll. I mean, basically like what poll, like the whole poll culture. MB, it seems like MBS was already bought into all that so it wouldn't surprise me shit if he was an anon like unfortunately mbs is probably watching rug pull yeah. radio right now sean <laughs> you know probably, it. it's seeing that's what man. i was getting at i'm He's getting probably, at that with, yeah. with, when you have this brand new macro chip that we've plugged into the electrical grid of the the entire world and we're fundamentally changing the reality structure of humanity with that macro chip it is illogical to think that these big level players are off in la la land not looking at this shit. They know exactly yeah. what it is. They have teams of players and militaries and you name it, looking at it, analyzing it, giving them executive level summaries. They know exactly what this is. And, and, so I and on it. Yeah, and they're watching the US institutions gobble up Bitcoin like crazy. Yeah. You don't think they're like, okay, we need to pivot and get like the FOMO is happening everywhere. And you know, the God candle is probably coming. I, you know, it's, it seems, but the FOMO is just out of, out of control. It's funny too. Cause I was bidding on frogs. I think like two years ago when I first got into the frogs and there was some guy from Saudi Arabia that I think was bidding against me that kept buying them out. Cause they really? kept, it's like just outbidding me like crazy. I'm like, oh, okay. Like take it bro. Like I'm not an oil tycoon. Like it's yours. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this is a worldwide protocol that anybody can download and get access to. So hundred percent, anybody with a phone, um, well, can do no thing, so, yeah go ahead well one thing i will say is that so mbs he he was kind of considered like a low like a low level prince in terms of like the hierarchy i mean there's there's fifteen thousand royals and only two thousand of them are really like relevant you know um he was i don't think he was really considered part of that two thousand necessarily um but he's definitely not like before he was definitely not rich um, by their standards he was not right. one of the well one of the wealthy ones so he had to basically take what income he had and, and it, it you know it's it's like an allowance that they all get and some of them get like two hundred thousand dollars a month and some of them get like 
800 bucks a month, you know, depending <laughs> on who you are. And so he was taking what he was giving and he was playing the stock market on his own. He was speculating. He was day trading. He was trying to flip stuff. He was like real estate prospecting. So he was grinding like the way Trump grinds to try to like build up his wealth um, because he didn't have it the way that a lot of his cousins did. He was never supposed to be anywhere near um, the throne or like crown prince or like that. He came out of left field when he showed up the cia didn't even have a file on him as ben hubbard <laughs> confesses they were like who the fuck is this guy and uh rug yeah, pull. yeah, rug yeah he totally rugged him and then pull. and then like obama he's sitting there like telling obama about vision 2030 which is what ultimately became Riyadh 2030 um and how he was going to build high-speed rail which is under construction right now he's like i'm going to build high-speed rail i'm going to do this and obama was like yeah bullshit. when he left um uh, um he was like hey investigate this kid he's lying they're obviously hiding something they must be doing something else um and obama actually started lecturing him during this is like 2014 2015 starts lecturing him on what on on like wahhabism in saudi arabia and mbs stops him and says you know what you don't really know what you're talking about you um but here's what i can do i can send i can arrange for a tutor to come over here from saudi arabia <laughs> and teach you about our culture so you can actually speak competently about this and everyone's jaw was like on the ground they're like this 28 year old kid just told the president Love of the united it. states like basically told him to sit down and shut up uh and, and they're like who is this guy and i was like dude that so let's just and let's more. just kind of like play devil's advocate here too right because if the original plan would have worked right there would be a new king that would have gone along the Aramco, whatever would have maybe like gone bankrupt. The bankers would have came in, bought it up because they buy all the energy, they buy all the commodities, they buy all the petrodollar back commodities, right? Like gold and stuff. And so that would have been perfect for their transition to a CBDC, right? They would have had to control mm -hmm. the oil, the energy, the commodities that run the entire world because it ran on the, um, you know, on the back of the dollar. And so I yeah, think if you yeah. unplug that, you plug in a different scenario, that's a problem for Bitcoin. That's a problem for this network of getting off the dollar of the, the banker currency. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think ultimately that's why the House of Saud had to yep. go in yep. the eyes of these of the deep state is because they realized after dealing with Faisal, they're like, dude, if, if, if one of these guys decides they don't want to play ball with us, they could really screw everything up. So we got to get rid of them before we are able to implement our plan. And it just it's it's crazy the way things worked out. Um, but ultimately it was 9-11. 9-11 is what woke MBS up at 16 years old, where he was like, I'm going to get these motherfuckers, you know? Yeah. So all right, sorry for cussing. Sorry for cussing. No, you're good. We like a little <laughs> um a little keck, a little chaos in the mix. Yeah, um, but if you want to hang yeah. out with us, we're gonna go through I think the news. We got a Pepe of the Week I, for I, you. I'd love to. Yeah, let's do it. We've got the Pepe of the Week. These are the second layer tokens on counterparty, the second layer Bitcoin ecosystem. And this week we picked Pepe Petro. Pepe Pe Petro. <laughs> you just yeah. got out memed, bro. Um, and so this is a rare Pepe card. There is what 500 of these guys, and they're mm -hmm. going for about what, John? About 150 bucks. Yeah, about 150 bucks. Not bad. And so I think this one was actually um, made after um, the Venezuelan oil thing or whatever. But um, anyways, if you guys want to learn more about the frogs. You want to learn about the games of Trump, the famous Q proof, Bitcoin proof, Trump proof, Pepe proof. Hit us up at the Pepe Project on Telegram. Go down the rabbit hole of the Nakamoto and all the Pepes. And then, Sean, do you want to lead us into the news? Yeah, we've seen some new frogs coming in the Pepe Project. So love to see all the new activity 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to start us off today with a little bit of rug versus rug. I think that's a, <laughs> a good place to focus some time. And yeah, these people are just really dumb. So we talked about Putin, all the things that he said last week. Well, Elon, while we were uh, doing the show a uh, little bit later, liked that and said that we've overplayed our hand in weaponizing the dollar. And it was a dumb move. And that was a quote from Putin. And so that just reminded me of one of those Q drops that said, these people are really dumb. Uh, verbatim. So I think that was kind of a head nod there. Um, and then, man, every year, just this time of year is really like peak clownish, in my opinion. Like the normies get all spun up and like, I don't know, they get a little bit too much Bud Light or something. And they, <laughs> they think they're like Superman and shit. And they do things like these uh, bread and circus bowls. And Elon on the Super Bowl Sunday, which happened to be on 211 G, yep. so we had 11 11. He, he had some hmm. puppy comms. I love puppies. And I think uh, if you squint, you can see something there. But I didn't participate. I never participate in that stuff. I always see enough after the fact. And I haven't watched any of that organized religion. Man. I mean, sports in a long, long time. That and yeah, but being down south, that's like a sin uh, to not watch sports. That makes me think of the uh, Q post uh, about the puppy bowl. Y'all saw that right. Q post? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, Super Bowl puppy show. I did not see that Elon post until just now, so that, that's interesting. Yeah, it was a really interesting day. We had a lot of signal on it, and so I'll continue with Edward Snowden, and he said he was watching the Bitcoin chart while everybody else was watching the Super Bowl, and Don Jr. had a 9-9. G, you pointed this one out, 9-9 on there, which is the mint date of the Nakamoto card, and he said he found a rare... Michelle so Obama what's, rookie card. What's funny about this post is that in the Pepe Project chat, we were saying, hey, does anybody have a good dig on rare? Because we, mm. we, we do these numerology digs to where like things kind of have this weird coincidence. And literally like within 10 minutes, Don Jr. posted that rare card. It says rare card. Like pull it up again. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, it literally oh, says sorry. rare card, which, you know, we talk about um, – in the Pepe project, these NFT cards or whatever, and it's got a nine nine on there. Literally, the rare com right nine nine is eighteen. Our eighteenth letter of the alphabet is R. R is you know. Anyways, it's it's this whole rabbit hole, dude. Like <laughs> hard to explain in a couple minutes. It. No, um, I love it. But it's just like oh shit, and he hits it on two eleven, which two eleven eleven eleven. Like there's a lot of um, spiritual energy behind, we think, a lot of this plan. And so, um, yeah, anyways, I don't know. Maybe Don Jr. is in the Pepe Project chat. Maybe he's not. Maybe it's just a coincidence, Sean. What do you think? I, I think he probably is one of the largest bag holders of the games of Trump, man. Maybe he's like number three or something like that on the list. I don't know. There we'll have to see. There must be messing are, with us for 100%. Totally. And here's how we might know that. So we had this uh, free, I guess this was free, advertisement for that, Bitcoin. Yeah. At the Super Bowl. So Jack Dorsey is sitting in the same booth as what Jay-Z and Beyonce and was just wearing a Satoshi shirt. Um, you know, I, I think he's thinking right there. Hey, I, I wonder if these guys are going to figure out that these gold chains are maybe lab grown. I don't know. Um, maybe uh, that sophisticated. I don't know. And then Joe Biden, man, going laser eyes again. A little dark Brandon energy. Yeah. If you like, look over the, um, you hover over the image description, it says dark Brandon. He's got laser eyes. Right. And it's on 211, Sean. Is it on 211? It's on 211. Yep, that was on the same day, right after the Super Bowl, I think that came out. And so it was just really, really Two odd. things. Mm -hmm. It's crazy how much Jack looks like Hunter Biden. Like they could be brothers, number one. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is Jay-Z 
just looks like a clown. I mean, he he has like really leaned into like the true romance, like Rastafarian gangster thing. I mean, he's got like dreads now. He's got that weird, creepy little like pube stash. I thought he was like, Medusa. You know, he, he looks like a he looks like he's trying to be like a like a Caribbean gangster for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And then G pulled this one out, and so right after the Super Bowl, we started getting the price increase. Yeah, you know, we went from like forty eight or whatever, forty seven up to fifty. And now we're at fifty two, and it says the fun begins directly after, in reference to the Super Bowl. And it says we'll make the Super Bowl look like a puppy show. <laughs> and we've been talking about all this crazy mathematics with the having that's coming up and the price demand with the ETFs or the, the supply demand. Um, and things could get crazy. So we'll see where we are headed, but let's continue. Uh, you got this America's first nuclear powered Bitcoin computer mine online. This is 2.5 gigawatts. And right there in the middle, it's just rows and rows and rows of Bitcoin miners. And those are the exhaust fans sticking out of the back. So it's a pretty uh, spectacular thing. And then I was just doing some uh, random digging, I think, uh, in our channel. And one of our admins had pointed this out, an old sailor post. And I like this one and spend a little bit of time here because he says the Bitcoin dragon is devouring the kingdom of gold. And so I thought that was really interesting. And he retweeted this post that says pushing aside the old guard. Dude, that was that. wild. Yeah, so that, that, that is wild here. Yeah, that's on fire. So wait, wait. That picture on the left, they're saying a nuclear power plant is powering a Bitcoin uh, big, a Bitcoin mining computer? Yeah, 2.5 gigawatts worth. Um, I'm not sure exactly how much hash powers uh, consumed how much energy, but that's the goal is to, to use that for Bitcoin mining. It's in Man. Pennsylvania. Yeah, I mean, it's nuclear balanced. energy at scale literally gives everybody free power. Like, that's what people don't really understand. And mm -hmm. so, like why are they trying well, you think about why they're trying to cut them all offline and stuff you know why they're trying to restrict yeah. the power usage of humanity um but no let's let's continue we do have um and speaking of you, yep. you know who's investing in nuclear and hydrogen is saudi it's like they're developing yep. alternative alternative energy technologies alternative to oil which is like with them shooting themselves in the foot if the petrodollar is really supposed to survive so. Well, it's a race to the bottom. It's a race to find the cheapest amount of energy. And so, you know, maybe we won't have to use gas anymore, right? Like there's mm -hmm. even like they're finding these ancient roads that had metal on them. Like maybe they could literally like charge the roads and cars while they were driving on them would literally just get charged by, you know, the electricity coming out of the out of the ground. You know, it's wild what's been hidden from us so that they continue. Um, you know, and this goes back to this goes back, like you said, hundreds and hundreds of years. Right. I mean. Mm -hmm. This isn't just some simple battle. So, of course, it's going to be a while before this thing wins. It's been going on at least for 50 years from the 70s. But we know it's been going away before that. But BRICS officially, uh, Egypt officially ditches the dollar for trade. So you see these countries coming together in the Middle East, right? The CIA mm -hmm. boys like to keep them all fighting each other. But now they're all coming together in agreements, right? Trump was a big part of that, those peace deals. And uh, because, you know, these guys have been rug pulled over, like Putin says, right? Like we made a deal and then like they told me they laughed at me. And so you got to imagine these countries are, are getting rug pulled with each other, too, where it's like they maybe make a deal with a neighboring country. And then like all of a sudden this rebel group comes in and starts, you know, um, getting people out of power that were making a deal. And they just constantly, yeah. um, you know, rug pull these different leaders so that they can't have peace. They can't they can't get along with their neighbors. And yeah. it's really kind of 
our fault to some degree, I think. And, um, and yeah, we, we talked about that on Breaking History yesterday about uh, how all these countries, China included, Russia included, have been exploited at some point by the Western yeah. by, by the hegemony at some yeah. point. And so they all have this common common enemy. And despite all their differences, they've seemed to have reached a point where they're saying, you know what, let's put our differences aside, cooperate and destroy this thing once and for all. Because if we don't, yeah. it's going to cook all of us. Yeah, there's yeah. only one way out. You got to end it or they will get enslaved like us at that larger scale. Uh, did mm -hmm. you want to hit any of those other slides in this section here, G? I mean, we can hit a little astrology for men. We can hit a little a TA analysis. But in this Love thing, um, you know, the golden ratio, right? We know the golden ratios. We know the mathematics of the golden ratio in just, you know, the general environment is a very special ratio. And so what happened this time is we're getting the break of that golden ratio before the having this time, you guys. Okay. So every time that golden ratio breaks, typically it's usually after the having event that's coming uh, this April. And so this time, you know, we blasted past the 48,550, which was that 61.8 fib um, rejection line that we went above. And so what does that mean? Well, this is the breakout above that fib line in previous cycles and you can see we've got a long way to go if we're going if history was going to repeat itself and Let's so go. uh yeah. yeah super bullish there for yeah, yeah. Yeah, the just, just looking at the charts like you don't even need to know what it is it's like you look at that chart and that's a super bullish chart i mean for sure oh my yeah, gosh uh... john we gotta we gotta call it a clown we got pillin oh, bro no. He's shilling Craig Wright in the chat. Are <laughs> <laughs> you um, Thanks for the $2. Oh. We'll stack some sats and you can have fun staying poor with your worthless Ooh. network of CIA goons and shitcoin hey. economics. So have fun staying poor, pill and bro. And keep giving <laughs> us keep keep tipping us because we'll keep you know clowning on you and we'll keep buying sats with it. So anyway. Totally. Yeah, the, the real Bitcoin, right? Yeah. None of that trash. Oh, uh, here we go. Too uh, funny, man. Got? Yeah, let's do some strange signal. So this year coming in hot, year of the dragon. We pointed that out, but I wanted to highlight that Elon had posted about this year of the dragon at what is that 11:53 a.m. So had some signal on 2:9. It's another rare date there. Um, and then yeah, nothing really else to say about that except for. There's more signal in this having G. So we've talked about like the the block rate going to uh, block reward going to 3.125 Bitcoin, but this one slices it a little bit differently and says that the monthly issuance is being slashed from 27,000 Bitcoin to approximately 13,500 Bitcoin. So there's even signal in that slice. <laughs> so um, there's like Kofefe happening everywhere, is what you're saying. There's Kofefe at every block yeah. every 10 minutes. There's Kofefe every month. Um, and then there was Kofefi. Oh, something else. I think it was. It was an eleven eleven hit. But we'll we'll go we'll go into that later. Um, yeah, I think this is the epoch of Kofefi, um, just based on the way that the mathematics work. And and we've got Trump on a dragon, kind of re-emphasizing that with the games of Trump card. Dragons mm -hmm. love gold. Dragon Trump is riding on top of gold. Right. Mm -hmm. He's flying through the air. It's it's a um, wireless gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Over the, the kingdom. Devour. I mean, hey, uh, a lot of signal there. Maybe we're just crazy ghosts. I don't know. What do you think? No, I, I don't think you're crazy at all. I, <laughs> I actually loved how um, I posted back in December about like the story, the headline about Saudi Arabia finding that enormous gold deposit in the desert. Oh, and right. Then, mm -hmm. and, then, and then they thought it was like 
worth probably like $1.2 trillion. And then your response, like you retweeted it, and we're like, well, looks like it looks like the gold supply just increased, which means the value. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, he's right. Gold guys yep. just got be debased by 10%. They just found another trillion worth of gold. <laughs> so Too great. funny. Yeah, it's awesome. And so, yeah, just talking about signals and stacking it, the, the military was really on signals. So we had uh, these KC 135s filling up B2 spirits. And if you kind of play on the words, you got 11 point three Kofefes on bomber ghosts. Um, so just really interesting. Uh, you got the F-35C Lightning, just one of them, uh, with a strike fighter squad. So Lightning and Strike, I thought that was interesting. And then the Department of Defense talking about this U.S. Army drill where they pulled together one through 35 of the armored <laughs> regiments. And so very specific there. Just all over the place. Have you read radio. the Kofefe did ghost? Have you read that yet? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So yeah. you know why we're like into the crazy numbers of things and you're like, oh, for sure. These guys, Dude, are, these guys are insane. In the military, no, no, in the military comms, like the military tweets that were happening a few years back were nuts. I mean, the stuff that they were putting out, like especially at like the peak of everything. I mean, it was like, dude, they were like copy pasting coupons basically. Mm -hmm. so, it yeah. was wild. Yeah, it was that. wild, dude. It was wild. And like watching the back and forth where like Q would post something and then they would post something seemingly like in direct response to what Q said, like the next day. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just watching the conversation happen, but back and forth. And then Trump would jump in there and do the same thing. It's just like, dude, there's no way this is not happening. Yeah. Yeah, I write about that in my publications, analyzing the Q drops. It's like those things happening thousands and thousands of times is all the proof that you need. Because it's all mathematics. It's just math. Yep. yep. It, is. And, it is. And so talking about that signal, it didn't stop there. We had grayscale hemorrhaging. They're kind of like equalizing with the ETFs. And I'm not sure what the whole story was, but they were down like 153,000 Bitcoin in one month. Uh, Michael Saylor saying, let's go. And yeah, I think a lot of people might have some Bitcoin derangement syndrome. At Can I ask a question? Yeah, go what's ahead. Gray, what's grayscale? It's basically paper Bitcoin, so it's a fund like a, where you can buy uh, exposure oh, 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 to the it, asset. It's one of those ETFs where it's like you don't actually take custody of the Bitcoin. It's like you're just mm -hmm. investing in the, the yeah. idea of Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One of the eleven. One of the eleven ETFs that got approved on one eleven. Uh, you know, if you, ah. want some, if you want, if you want some signal there, eleven ETFs approved on one eleven. Like, I don't want to, you know, go into that, but that's another like Kofefe hit. Um, but yeah, Damn. they were they were uh, before the ETFs were approved, they were kind of just a trust company that accumulated Bitcoin, and so they had the largest holdings. They bled a lot off, but um, yeah. So interesting. Yeah. yeah so we'll uh, continue here, and this one's kind of weird. I want to spend just a little bit of time on it. But uh, Bitcoin 2024 uh, is coming. We had Count BTC on a couple weeks ago. He's really emphatic that he moved Bitcoin 2024 to be intentionally between the RNC and the DNC. And uh, signals are maybe indicating that the guy on the screen there, Vivek, might be the VP candidate. We'll see what happens. But the RNC happens a couple weeks before Bitcoin 2024. So it'd be really interesting if he's at Bitcoin as the VP with a really interesting speech alongside maybe RFK. Okay, so that's kind of what I'm watching this summer. But then if you look forward to that, and let's assume there's a bunch of panic at this point because of things that are said and done, the DNC's got to respond to that on August 19th. And in the bottom right, that is a dead ringer to one of these Q drops that points out 819 
in the the kill box. And we know the month of August is traditionally very hot. And so I'm I'm kind of forward thinking and saying like how much Bitcoin is in the narrative by like August, September, October, and how like at what point does it become unavoidable for like all circles to be talking about this shit? It's it's pretty close at this point. Um, in my opinion. So that, I thought that one was pretty cool. G, do you want to hit this uh, next one here? You you found this on Twitter, man. What's all? What's this game um, about? Well, someone else found that. I forgot who it was. My apologies for the gentleman. Howard. Howard, was it? Maybe. Or it was, it was we do one it? of the... No, I forgot. Was it him? Yeah, I was reading this last night because one of y'all posted. I think it was UG. Yeah, who was it? I want to give him credit because it was a great yeah, day. I mean, we actually pulled it out a while ago, but it's like we pull this stuff out all the time and we just like forget about it. And it's good to like get reminded of it. Um, Let me see I forgot it. who it was. But um, anyways, uh, yeah. So Trump has been like basically pushing Pepe for a long time. Oh, it was theoretical conspiracist. Who oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, theoretical yeah, conspiracist mm-hmm. pulled it up. And he's like, yo, Pepe's been around for a while. And this game came out like in 2004, 2002. But, you know, um, the original creator of Pepe the Frog that didn't even get released till like 2005. So some weird, you know, time traveler type stuff. But again, Pepe, Shade Lay, that whole essence has been around for a very long time. Um, but Matt Fury didn't really create Pepe until 2005. So yeah, it just was weird. But Trump knows number all, numerology. Pepe is, is 2121. 21 is 777. Like there's all these different numbers that Trump is very aware of. Um, so I don't know what it means. It just means that Trump was pumping Pepe even in his first video game back in 2004. That is crazy, though. That's crazy that in a video game in 2004 there was a corporation named Pepe. It's like yeah, dude. like what? Like who would name? Yeah, it's just it's just freaking wild. Totally um, weird. Yeah, that's why it ended up in Strange Signal. And then, G, do you want to say anything about this last one here? This uh, counterparty mentioned. Dude, this Long. was wild, bro. Caitlin Long, right? She's a badass. Um, she runs that, what is it, that bank in, um, is it Utah or is it uh, Wyoming, I think, right? Yeah. Um, and sure so which one. I forget again, that's off the top of my head. But, um, dude, she was involved in Counterparty in 2013. Yeah, that was, was crazy. And so Counterparty is just super bullish. There's all these ordinals. There's all these layer twos coming out. And they're all like VC vulture corporate vampires. And then you have like the original people that created Counterparty coming back. They're putting all this new stuff into the ecosystem. Like, if you guys have not gotten in, got into Rare Pepe's yet in Counterparty, you are missing something massive. And it's all done on Bitcoin. It's all denominated in Bitcoin. Um, there was an immaculate conception to this shitcoin, whatever you want to call it, but it is all in accordance with natural law. Okay, let me tell you counterparty will be massive this year you can quote me on this and you can screenshot it and you record it but it's absolutely going to be massive if you don't have a rare pepe you should get one especially the games of trump because mm-hmm. um that is like the biggest proof of all of this i think sean is it not i think so that one uh this tongue analysis with the coat <laughs> pepe rare is going to be real cool the 315 and the naka man i mean it's endless what about the the pepe uh, with oh, sailor yeah. it's, oh it's, man there's just so many of them you got to check out these rare pepes come join us so is it fair to 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 say that trump would have approved or would have had to sign off on like his image being used and like the like he's in on it like he's in on like the, uh his image being used on these pepe cards or um we think it's more of like possibly a communication system for the military possibly um gotcha. But, uh, but in, in essence, what it was, uh, Ghost, was a gimmick 
to get people to use a system like trading um, cards back and forth with each other to eventually be used as a peer-to-peer stock market. So Wall Street doesn't even need to exist anymore. The rent seekers, third-party counterparties don't need them anymore. You don't need a NASDAQ. You don't need a Wall Street. You can create a company out of thin air with a token and you can sell it. You can ICO, you can crowdfund and you can trade the asset and people can hold their own assets. And dude, this goes back to Patrick Byrne. Funny enough, right? The counterparty mm-hmm. was created by proof of what? Byrne. Um, mm-hmm. And so you get all these weird signals where Patrick Byrne and Overstock, who is obviously a good guy, CIA spook, whatever you want to call him. Yep. That guy's incredibly intelligent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for um, sure. He's got the only patent on tokenization of digital assets approved by FINRA and the SEC. And so it's this really? whole rabbit hole to where like it happened back in 2014. Like they've been working on this forever, but nobody knows about this. Like literally even like the largest VCs and like shitcoin degenerate um, NFT guys will just completely ignore this protocol. And it's got like a billion dollars worth of assets sitting on it right now. It's insane. It's crazy. Well, I remember everyone saying like in the, back in the fall when Trump did his like card, when he put the cards up for sale. I remember people said that uh, maybe maybe it was a year ago, but uh, they were like, "Oh yeah, I had to get um, like a digital wallet in order to to take custody of the card," which is basically like you know, like you're saying, it's like setting them up or, or training them to start using the the platform yep. that that Bitcoin's traded on, right? So, yeah, one hundred. Yeah, I think that was one of the brilliances of Melania and Trump both doing. Uh, nfts on different platforms uh just get people used to the technology used to those concepts even though they're they're right rugs at the end of the day test it right beta test it test it over and over again Mm -hmm. make sure it works get all the bugs fixed and then like you know by the time it's ready to go it's already working i got my trezor too uh so oh dog let's go let's go ghost we're gonna set that bad boy up all right all right hit me up let's do it very good all right well shall we get into some rugs let's get into the rug Ghost, you want to do some rugs? Yes, All right. definitely well, do some rugs. That's, that's what I came for. <laughs> G, why don't you do this first one, G, and then I got a video one here I want to do. So uh, we have the first rug of Pocahontas. <laughs> Pocahontas did a quick 180, guys. She was, you know, the crypto army and all this other crap, and we're coming after you, and it's money laundering, and it's only drug dealers, and she signed a certifying, an accompanying flag in honor of Satoshi Nakamoto. Holy <laughs> shit. Holy shit. Yeah, like talk about a 180 what? on a dime, right? She's been the biggest like hater of Bitcoin mm-hmm. for a long time. And all of a sudden she's like, I've seen the light. And it's just like, what? Yeah. Anyways, yeah. talk because I remember she, she was like standing on the table being like, we gotta regulate, we gotta prosecute, <laughs> we gotta go after these, we gotta we gotta go after these uh you know, these shit lords who are who, who are buying all the Bitcoin. And it's yeah, just like yeah. step with diamond, uh, criminals, drug traffickers. Yeah. Uh fun times. What a rug, man. Clown world. A There's a lot man. of rugs this week, by the Intense. way. A ton of rugs. Ton of rugs. And I like this one. I this was my low time preference rug. I waited to make this <laughs> meme for like three months, and it just turned out to be just well worth the wait. So check this thing out, man. Sorry, gold bugs. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> gold John, you get you have just some fire memes, bro. Like <laughs> gold Appreciate goes it. down and the gold ETFs are like selling, like they're all going downhill. All the inflows coming to Bitcoin. Like, and there's still these metals guys that are like, when the lights go out, when the internet gets cut off, you guys are gonna be out of your bitcoins, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> my God. Uh Dude, yeah, we'll have to mint a card of uh, the the Trump riding in on a pigeon. <laughs> right. Yeah, awesome. yeah, well, we like we like to pigeon. we like to troll the medic because the medic um, he tweets about ham radios about every other day. Mm-hmm. So every time he tweets about ham radios, his games of Trump price goes up a hundred thousand satoshis. So it's just sorry, <laughs> medic. I don't make the rules. Well, I do make the rules on this one, but you're gonna have to keep paying in sats every time you yeah. mention ham radio. It's a couple <laughs> couple million cents this week alone, man. That was crazy. Yeah, the so, uh, ten, feet, ten feet taller. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I thought this one was interesting. Uh, we had Elon coming out and saying very few people in America realize that their vote is going to be rendered meaningless and diluted <laughs> as a result of all of these influxing migrants. And so you can uh, take whatever opinion you want on the the thing. But I like this meme on the right, G. D's nuts. It's just we talk Disney a lot logo. about D's nuts. Um, I think we tell the IRS they can suck these nuts. I think we tell Joe Definitely. Biden he can suck these nuts. <laughs> I think we can tell any authority figure out there that doesn't um, apply the natural law of humanity of um, goodwill doing unto others as you would do unto yourself. And so, I think if we just live in natural law and tell them to suck these nuts, um, they can't. They're not going to be able to arrest all of us. So let's like live our best lives. Let's not be afraid. Let's not live in fear because we were put on this planet for a special purpose. This time is very special. And you, each every one of you, is here for a very special reason. Mm-hmm. You guys are fighters. You guys were here to fight. Okay. I, we didn't we didn't choose this life, right? It chose us. And so right. live that. Live that. Forge that path of truth. Forge that path of no fear. And believe me, it's contagious. I hate to tell you. It you is. start telling it's them super contagious. If you start telling people to like go fuck yourself, more people start saying the same thing. Believe it or not. Yeah. Um, so it's pick really up on fun to say. It is fun to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally way, fun to say. That attitude is like why I was so excited to come on this show because I knew, <laughs> like, I knew that y'all are those guys, and I've actually been saying the same thing from a different, from a different angle, not from the finance angle, but just from like more, like more of the general political angle and like the story that I told at the beginning, um, like the experience there. It's like there is nothing more um, satisfying than looking a corrupt official in the eye and being like, "Fuck you! I'm going to dedicate everything I can to undoing your grip on power." It's like that is what. If we all embrace that mindset, it would be over tomorrow. Absolutely. And imagine an individual being able to harness the energy of three and a half times the United States military by protecting their energy behind a wall of Satoshis, right? That says, I'm not going to pay you. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. what are you going to do? What are you going to do, Joe? I'm here. Come get me. Right. Like, oh, whatever. Like I'll, I'll, I'll hang out. I'll, you guys can pay for my, my room and board while my Satoshis go up or whatever. If you guys last long in that power, but I think we're in this post-constitutional Republic ghost, right? Like it's mm-hmm. up to us to remove the shackles of slavery. Mm-hmm. And it's not just an American movement. It's a worldwide movement. Yep. And every individual with a cell phone has now been empowered with personal property rights um, to some degree. 
And so mm -hmm. we need to we need to no no longer negotiate, right? We're done negotiating. Time out. Yes. Red line yes. is in the sand. Yes. Um, and the corruption is so blatant, you guys. It's like we're gonna look back, like they're gonna look back in 20, 30 years and be like, oh my god, this guy was like sniffing children and like couldn't even like walk. And you guys were like still filing your taxes because you were afraid of him. You know, like you're trying to negotiate with him, like you said. You're trying to negotiate like, with him, right? I hate when people that's that, that's what triggers me is when people are talking about negotiating with these people Pirates. like for, for like the in settlement for how this all ends. It's like, no, 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 no. I have no interest in negotiating with them. This is about supplanting them. It's like, mm -hmm. no. Yeah. Patrick Henry was from 1776, ghost. Just saying. That's right. That's right. He was a That's 1776er. Right. He told them to go fuck themselves, I believe. That is exactly what he told them. Exactly. <laughs> and he exactly backed it up with, with actual power, with actual gunpowder, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Well, in, in Quast asked at Gart, when we, I think we were on stage together, he asked about uh, – um, like, what are we missing right now? Like, what's the thing that we're missing from the movement? Like, what did the movement need? And we talk about parallel systems, right? Yeah. And that, that's what Patrick Henry did is he set up the parallel systems, the committees that ultimately took over took over control of the government once they drove the governor out in 1775 of, of Virginia. Um, and then that, I think that feeds right into what y'all talk about with Bitcoin. It's like, we have to do that. that. Like, we can't ask like a higher authority to do that for us. We have to... And didn't they do some of those meetings in the Dream Green Dragon Tavern? Isn't that what what it was yes, called? Yes, in uh, <laughs> up, up in Boston. Yeah, you're right. Yep, in, Green in Dragon Tavern. I don't know right. something about green and dragons, Sean. Some of those comms under yeah. under esoteric comms there with the Pepe's. It's almost if they're begging you, like, please do digital 1776. We've given you everything. We've just given do you it already. I just hope we're in that like string theory of time that this is our path and we don't all get locked up and put in the same FEMA camp. But I know, hey, I know. We'll figure I, it out, I, I guess, at the end of this. I feel like yeah. it's inevitable, but as long as I get more videos of Joe Biden screaming at a podium, like shouting, like like just completely unhinged because those make me laugh harder than anything else. It's all fake, it's all fake and gay. Yeah, and you know, I get asked at least once a day what I think on any given particular topic. And I think the last conversation sums it up really nicely. Number one, it's a rug. Number two, these guys can go fuck themselves. <laughs> and number three, I'm going to go drink my Kofefe and Chardonnay. Like literally, if you want to know my opinion on anything, that is it. Stack some sats because that's the level of comfy I'm at at this point. And I don't it's because I don't want to be this Jeep. I don't want to get licked. Um, we got all these fiat <laughs> currencies going licked. through the tongue analysis. Yeah, that that last lick is happening. Man, the yen <laughs> in free fall. And this one was kind of interesting. Um, let me see. I think it's this. Uh, maybe I didn't put it in here, but oh, no, 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 it is. So Boone Cutler on the left there had retweeted this or posted this. And this is a Markets Insider post from two years ago, G. I, I was kind of like looking into it and it's actually old. It was when the yen initially hit 135 yen to the dollar. And what I thought was interesting is he posted it when the yen was hitting like 150.35. Like uh, and so there was kind of like think some he reverse was, kofefe in there. He was kind of kofefeing with this, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was that was good. He was like, he was giving us the thumbs up on the tongue. He's like, you guys got it. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> he just posted the Substack for understanding like what the lick means and the tongue means. And I don't know. Yeah, I think the, the prophecy of the tongue will actually come true and it'll be wild if it does. So. Most definitely. And so time. let's see. We got a few more rugs here. 
What's this one all about? One uh, percent, the top one percent, earning more than the whole middle class now. Yeah, how so you gonna, that's not surprising. How you unrug that. You got Marjorie Taylor Green, Marjorie Green Taylor, whatever. Uh, you know that whole big scare of like national security. By the way, tucked in it was your four hundred one ks, your retirement accounts, stock portfolios, mm -hmm. and savings could soon be worthless, and your government mandated social security account most of you depend on is could be wiped out. Now, I wonder what that would be about, Sean. Maybe the dollar losing its dominance, perhaps. Maybe that was the yeah. big scare. Sounds like an esoteric or an existential threat to our enemies, to me, um, when everybody realizes that there's nothing there, like literally nothing there. Literally nothing. <laughs> it's literally crazy. Nothing. And yeah, so uh, Biden uh, had this interesting rug. We kind of talked about him. He's he's too well-intended and too like fragile to, to, to prosecute. But what I pulled this one out for, G, was it kind of had some signal in it. So Trump is 77 and he's facing 700 years. I, did. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, that was a 777 hit. I love oh it. Yeah, so yeah, I pulled that out because uh, Elon was saying it's so bizarre, uh, the contrast. What was the timestamp on that? What was the timestamp? Uh, 1141, and that may have been central yeah. time. I'm All not right. sure. But yeah, no is that, is that me in the corner? That's me in the corner, right? I, yeah, that's totally you, man. I think uh, <laughs> the guy, if, if that was if that was really you, though, there'd probably be like more destruction and chaos there. Like you'd be like something would be on fire also. Maybe. Um, I remember. Maybe. Yeah, maybe a frog shirt. Frog shirt. <laughs> oh, that's what's missing. But I think frog like shirt. the major rug is this one that just happened today, Sean. This one was crazy. So what did so, we get a couple days ago or day ago? We got Laurie back on Twitter. We're like, woo! yes, what's up, bro? Welcome back, homie. Let's go like troll some people. And then we got rugged. <laughs> yeah, it was total rug today. About that, so like they like he was off Twitter and then they let him back on and then they they rugged him again. He got sim swapped. He got his account back. And like he literally rugged us on our rug day, bro. Like, is he watching the show and be like, I'm gonna rug pull them because like <laughs> I'm back on Twitter and I'm gonna rug pull the rug pull guy? I think he rug pulled us, dude. I, I think so. He's like, <laughs> I know they're gonna talk about my return to Twitter and I'm gonna rug him right at the last minute and and just he, he's laughing right now. I guarantee you. Waiting for you to come on the show, Jason. Open invitation, buddy. We know you're watching. Maybe yeah, just do it. Just do it. You, you know <laughs> time you is now. To. Yeah, the time um, is now. Yeah, I think uh, the person then, yeah, that gave him the gag order is no longer his commanding officer. So we'll see. Interesting. We'll see if he can undo that gag order. Most definitely. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it for the rugs. Um, I wanted to end the show tonight with this uh, encouragement uh, in, in the form of a meme. You, you you post this from time to time, G, and it's just it's got that vibe about just DGAF and stack sats and just Chatelet and and just all the good things that we talk about. And I, I wanted to encapsulate this, this great discussion we had with ghost tonight uh, by encouraging people to just, just full, go full plug them. Just do it, man. What are you waiting what for? Dude, holy oh. shit! What is that? By the that way, why amazing. does why does the Trump signal. always always dance like he's ski pulling? Why why does he do that? <laughs> he's always I, ski I get, <laughs> Trump has moves, man. He's got moves. 
But he's always doing this weird thing with the hands, dude. I don't know why he's doing that. He alternates it, though. I don't get it. I don't get the whole Trump, like, people thing. I don't know. It's like exercise. Trump, we love you. He's old. He's he's not limber. He's, you know, he's just trying to, he's working with what he got. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, is it dances in Bitcoin or dances in shitcoin that he's doing? Uh, that's probably my favorite thing of that meme is when it, you know, quotes <laughs> dances in Bitcoin. I'm like, I, I know exactly what they mean. Oh. That guy looks like Zelensky. That guy is like the mariachi Zelensky. I mean, that, that was kind of wild. I thought it I was think those are gypsies, by the way. Those are gypsies, not not Latinos or Mexicans. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, well, I, I kind of thought that. I was like, they, I was like, these people have a little bit of a gypsy look to them, so they look like yeah. they are from. Like, Eastern but that, Europe. believe it or not, was from three years ago when we were celebrating the first bull run when we all thought it was going that time. So we pulled that one deep, Sean. That's three years ago, dude. We were parting to that three years ago, and then we got rugged pretty hard, and so we got humble. But I think this time we're not going to get rugged. I think it's I think it's going. I think this time is the time. So hopefully everybody has got their bags packed. Uh, you know, as we leave the airport, uh, we may not be landing back at the airport. The past the past yeah. seven years, man, have just been a series of rugs. Like not just with Bitcoin, but just with everything. It's like just been a series of rugs, rug, rug. Oh, it's happening! It's happening! It's happening! Not yet, dude. When it happens, it's gonna be unbelievable, unbelievable. Totally. And it's all gonna happen on Joe Biden's watch. So all the destruction of the dollar, like the biggest thing you could put on somebody to lose, like go down in history as one of the most horrible events, would be to lose the dominance of the reserve currency of the world. What you think? Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So 100%. I think that's coming to Uncle Joe. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I makes sense. And I think it's even that much more powerful because, like we've been saying over the last couple of weeks, the uh, national identity of Americans is so uh, intertwined and related to the dollar itself that the breaking of that system is going to be just that much more catastrophic for uh, what I believe will be the phoenix that rises out of those the ashes. I mean, I think America's going to be just fine. I think we're all going to, you know, most of us will tie the bootstraps, right, and get to work here pretty quick. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting time to be alive. And I'm very, uh, I'm just always humbled that, you know, here we are, three, three gentlemen on a Thursday night, um, you know, the middle of the universe, uh, just talking about some of the most uh, interesting and complex topics that I think anybody can even fathom at this day and age. And I, and I think we're kind of doing that right to some extent and following that signal in a proper way. And so just keep mm -hmm. it up. You know, everybody that's out there, you know, like Patrick Manuel 62 threw in a rant here at the end that says best BTC show on the interwebs. And I just <laughs> love that process, man of every week we get to bring you guys this content you know i get to think through like just this feel this energy this frequency that we put out every week and i just i love sitting on it with you guys uh, so i'm having the time of my life anything else g uh ghost? yeah no it was um it was great to have ghost on super mm -hmm. smart kid he's an adult obviously but he's like <laughs> just got like brains everywhere and so um no we're going to continue to follow ghost and where he goes to saudi arabia and we're going to continually push the orange pill. And I think Ghost is going to be a Ghost has got this toxic thing to him, too, like us, dude. He's going to become oh, yeah. a toxic maximalist. He's just going to tell people to start fucking themselves. It's like GFY. Yes. And um, yes. I love I think it because... he's going to be more toxic than Burning Bright. I'm pretty wow. sure. Yeah, okay. I, I, th I think you give them like three months here yes. and they're going to be like neck and neck. And I think they're actually like maybe we'll do like <laughs> BTC maxi cage fights or something with like yes. non-kinetic miners or something. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, Slowly I love though. 
We're going to mortgage bill everyone on Badlands. And to that point, it's like the journey is the destination. It's like, like we shouldn't be, I said this to Garth, I think back in September, it's like, we shouldn't be too eager to get to the like finish line because then, then this all is all over. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. it's not, not, it's never really over as Quas pointed out. It's never really over, but it's like what we're going through right now is uh, the thick of it. And um, there's a lot of camaraderie and there's a lot of, um, you know, good times to be had. If you look at it, if you have the right mindset um, and just the fact that so many people are, are waking up to Bitcoin and everything else that's happening and understanding it and seeing it as it's happening and it's happening slow enough that we can watch it slowly fall apart. It's yeah. very encouraging to me because if it was happening quickly, that wouldn't, we wouldn't have that opportunity. So say, enjoy yeah. the process. Absolutely. And then tell them to go themselves. We should, we should have a new show on Badlands. It just says like, it's just called go fuck yourself. Like, yep. <laughs> dude, I would just, sign up for that. Yeah, we'll just uh, have like a rotating like microphone of people getting up and just ranting. Yeah. You just call in and rant and just you know tell them to go. Links on people like giving us the bird, and we'll give them the bird. I'll be like, yeah, we're all giving everybody yeah. the bird. It feels good, man. Feels good, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Rachel, now clip, clip this. <laughs> awesome. I hit this uh, uh, other rant here. Maria Foreman, sixty three, at the end here says, "Great show as usual, guys." So thank you all for your support. Um, yeah, last opportunity to say anything before I hit these uh, end clips here. Thank you for having me, guys. Uh, I love love what y'all are doing here. Love y'all's attitude. Um, keep it up. Yeah, thanks for your time. Oh. I appreciate it. All Shade right, late. everybody. Shade of late. Later. My grandparents, they could own a house, have a car, three kids, and save money for the future on one income. We now need two incomes to rent an apartment. This is because of inflation. It's printed by the central bank in order to give it to the government, and then government spends that money. Government decided to get into the business of food. We have had a skyrocket in chronic disease. We'll give money to schools with low scores. Insofar as the school improves its education, the money is taken away. Aid is not help. The fact of the matter is it very rarely reaches the needy. Hospitals would receive compensation for people to die, making all the data generated basically garbage. The U.S. government is not going to listen to the American people. They're just going to print the money, bomb people overseas, and fund both sides of this war. If you have someone backing you whenever you do wrong, why would you avoid making mistakes in the future? They don't care because they keep living their rich life. Inflation is a major threat, completely out of our control. We are likely to have hyperinflation. I'm basically working all the time. You can't rent the house, buy the food, and the money you're wanting is too small. It's like disappearing in front of your eyes. It's so hard to find food, even if you have the money. You get hungry, you see your children crying. Wouldn't that force you to just stand still? We are your future. Every money dies. It just needs time. About the 20 bucks you owe me. Oh, yeah. Well, I only got 10, so here's 10, I owe you 10. Thanks. Hey, Mo, you owe me 20. Well, here's 10, I'll owe you 10. Uh uh, you owe me 20. Here's 10, I owe you 10. Here's the 10, I owe you. Here's the 10, I owe you. Here's the 10, I owe you. Good, now we're all even.
I ran into a paper last night and it literally made my jaw drop. I could not believe it. Here is the part that is absolutely crazy because they said the quiet part out loud, something that Bitcoiners have been screaming from the rooftop. It says there is a fourth function of money as a means of social control. And we didn't want to roll out the CBDCs. We rolled out these CBDCs because this Bitcoin thing is scary and we don't want to get left behind and we don't want to lose our control over the money and the racket is over, right? So it has nothing to do with goodwill. It has nothing to do with innovation. It has nothing to do with any of these things that you keep hearing from Elizabeth Warren and co. It has to do with the fact that they're losing control over money and they absolutely cannot swallow that pill. Yes, governments are losing their control of information, their monopoly on information and their monopoly on money, and they do not know what to do. How do you think about this kind of reprise in the world in terms of Bitcoin and you know, how ahead of the curve do you have to be? And Because there's a lot to think about when you've, you know, especially people who think about their families, their businesses, as it starts to really radically change, it's, mm -hmm. it's going to be a problem for some people. It's going to be a, definitely a problem for some people. Um, I've, I've said many a times uh, that I think today where the price is at, like 1% protects your net worth. It doesn't protect necessarily your uh, capacity to earn, but whatever you have earned, going back to the Michael Saylor treasury, right? Um, for a $500 million uh, treasury, he only needs five or five, yeah, five hundred million dollar treasury. He only needed five million dollars worth of Bitcoin to protect that treasury. Huh. Um, and I think at today's price, and I mean these numbers could be off, but like I, I think as a ballpark, that's kind of where we're at. What's going to be really hard for people, especially people that are naysayers and think that this is just all like hocus pocus money, is once the price gets to about five hundred thousand, now you need about a ten percent position size to protect yourself from Bitcoin taking over, right? Um, so that that person that's that's been very hesitant and saying this is just this is such a Ponzi, now they're having to not take a one percent position. They're supposed they're gonna have to take a ten percent. Check out this interesting truth social post from Donald Trump. He truthed it just yesterday. My uncle, Dr. John Trump at MIT. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about that. Did you know that Dr. John G. Trump was the man tasked to recover Nikola Tesla's papers? Tesla died while living in a New York hotel in 1943. John Trump collected Tesla's papers from his safe on behalf of the FBI. That begs many questions. What does President Trump know? Where did Tesla's papers end up going? Hidden away for no one to see? Or did some black projects get their hands on them. The mystery remains, and it's something that I'd like to know. Thank you, that's a Bitcoin. Thank you so much for joining us and don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this video. And a special thank you to all of our advertising partners. Please remember to shift your dollars to support those businesses that support Badlands Media.
Chardillet, my friends. Becoming a threat. So you know rappers like to rock pools. I got fools who can swim in, but I'm collecting a spice like a friend. So you fools can step in and get to choosing your weapon because the definite roar of indefinite war is epic. I found a new way to deal with the people. I generate an address and I generate a sequel. I get medieval when I'm taking payment because I don't want the NSA all stuck up in my anus. Yeah, and I'm a Bitcoin staring, I'm staring the status quo. Got that crypto going at that foul flow. In the algorithm, I'm gonna get him until prison sentence. Drugs, but you do it on the streets and you're deader than Google Buzz and Google Plus. There's a road made of silk if you must. Get your hustle out of chemical rush, avoiding the brush with the law. Stop them all because they got it anonymous. The ones that play a stupid, they get thrown in the bottomless pit. Don't even know how to cut up them layers of the onions. So let the players play pumpkin. Hash function, pumping and dumping. Manipulate the market, flooded from the darkness. You know rappers can't pay bills Face the tax implications of evasion When they stack meals Got a homie feel deuce one Got me the solution Dumping all this knowledge from the boost son And you won't get it if you put in the work And research on how to line up just a fraction of your worth in the dirt Like just a said, keep your bums under verse Cause there ain't no telling when that bubble go in the first You know rappers say they about the future But you ain't Marty McFly till you buy kombucha From a supermarket with them bitcoins Till you get your Charlie Sheen greens off computer screens And that's a nerdy living. living.